non-fartable token. Hello, and welcome to episode 180 of Flicks in the Six, the number one podcast on some earth, presumably. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanza, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, he's a menace, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Hello, Peter. <laughs> uh, you did, I feel like that was, just, that was just Al voice. I feel like you didn't actually do that impersonation. I, well, I'm not very good at impersonations, but I did my best to give it the proper cadence. It was an Al, not the Al. Yes. <laughs> that delivers from, the line. <laughs> from, from some universe, ostensibly. <laughs> Alessandro Molina. <laughs> On this week's episode, we have Dumpster Diving, a Peacemaker TV show, even more Rick Dalton. What? <laughs> other news and nuggets. We are going to bring back fun and games this week, all before diving into our flick of the week. Uh, a very exciting one. Spider-Man No Way Home. But first, Al, you're in the peanut gallery. <laughs> um, I've replaced the peanut gallery, infiltrated the peanut gallery. You've infiltrated, I you've ousted the peanuts I think from I've the u- gallery. I've usurped and in- infiltrated the peanut gallery. <laughs> <laughs> if we did, if our episode titles were, were things from the show, usurped and entered the peanut gallery would have been the title of the episode. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, make an exception this once. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, sorry, I, I just got. <sighs> I'm not a big. Um, I like Spider Man, mm-hmm. but I'm not. A, I'm, I'm. I'm bad on sp- with spiders. Mm-hmm. And one just did one of those little. I'm gonna come down right in front of your face. Things. Um, yeah, I couldn't see it on the screen, but I saw your reaction. I figured it was some sort of insect, or I guess in this case, arach- arachnid. He didn't make it. Ah, what was his name? Spider Man. The party spider. Oh, Antioch, the birthday spider. Antioch, the birthday spider, and he's, he's gone now. That's it. <laughs> did you see that picture I sent you of the God. birthday cake? I did. It's horrible. It's so horrible. Some listener to the full cast, their, like their brother or sister, or maybe it was a brother and a sister, or a brother and a girlfriend or something, they they <laughs> secretly had a Antioch, the birthday spider, birthday cake made for some a listener's oh my birthday and delivered to them on their birthday and it was fucking glorious. It's a nightmare. That's the thing in nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in the peanut gallery. You've installed yourself in their couch. There's a little yes. Grogu behind you, which is on brand. Other way. Oh, it would be much easier if you turned your head in the other direction. <laughs> well, because there's like 800 like Funko Pops that way. So mm-hmm. I assumed it was somewhere like here to there. Sure. Not over here. Not and like, well, the little the little square of me over there is too small for me to see and find detail what's behind me over there. So hopefully no one's sneaking up to murder me or whatever. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll um, keep an eye out. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, make sure you account for the fact that we're reversed. So it should be like he, he's on, he's your, on right, your right shoulder, <laughs> and I'm like swinging over. <laughs> yeah, so my brother is out of town for the foreseeable future. We won't say where or when or why or for how long, but he's gone and I've it's infiltrated classified. his apartment. So, what's that? It's classified. Yes, it is. I'm watching a lot um, of Homeland again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you really are going to finish it before me. <laughs> I am. I've only got four episodes left. We have about the same amount of episodes left. Ah. <laughs> Something um, very devastating just happened. Uh no, maybe you're a little ahead of me then. Yeah, I might be. <laughs> um, anyway, what we're drinking 
is oh, right. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> a Victory Cloudwalker Hazy Juicy IPA, 6.8% alcohol by volume. Um, we love Victory, right? I, f- I feel like I can say that pretty I think safely. So. I think uh, we, safe. we love we love the assorted monkeys, the golden monkey, the sour monkey. Sour, the sour monkey is what's up, though. Yeah. Oof, is that a good beer? Um, but now we're going to try a different one. And it's soaring far beyond hazy. This dry hopped hazy IPA, sorry, hazy juicy IPA explodes as tropical and fruity notes float through cloudy formations to elevate hops to <laughs> the highest pedestal. It uses two row pale malt, citra and mosaic hops, as Anthony enjoys. And mm-hmm. um, it has the brewmaster's approval, which I. That's kind of cool. I should hope so. Um, <laughs> otherwise, did someone, some rogue make this beer? There's just like, there's, there's some can out there from them that says Brewmaster's approval and there's no signature. <laughs> it just says NA. <laughs> we didn't sign this one. <laughs> um, it's got a pretty sweet, uh, like fighter jet on it. That is a wooden airplane. Are you familiar yeah, with the wooden actually, airplane? Yeah. The balsa wood one. Balsa yeah. wood. I want to mm-hmm. say. Did you just say balsack at the end there? Ba- balsa wood. Balsa wood. <laughs> I thought that's what you followed it up with. Yeah, Balsack uh, would. Balsack <laughs> would. Jesus. Oh, man. Now, those are cool. Dick. Those those things could soar. You, you throw them right? Yes. Uh, you have to properly construct them. They're very temperamental. But it's they all are about, temperamental, for like, sure. Getting that wheat thing on the nose properly, which it, mm-hmm. it has that on this picture. Um, I like that it says juicy, and it's got a picture of a whole <laughs> cone hop on it. Yep. Yep. Uh these I don't I I I mean I would have never guessed that we were going to be talking about these wooden airplanes this much on an episode of our podcast, but I feel like the, like I've had a number of these yeah. in my lifetime, and I just don't like I feel like they just arrive in your hand one. Like How, <laughs> you didn't buy it, you didn't construct no. it, you just turned and looked, and it was there. It was there. Yeah. How did, Maybe how it did you get there? There's a crash landing in my hand. <laughs> what I was what I was thinking was though. You throw this once, right? And it's like really good. And it soars. And then it lands on something slash crashes into something. And then that's it. It it, it no longer soars. If you can get to 10 throws, you've had a wonderful life. <laughs> <Back in> time. <laughs> oh, man. It's great. I was I'm... watching an old family guy the other day, and it was the one with ball in a cup. You know, ball old time. Oh, old, my God. Yes. Old timey hand painted wooden ball in a cup. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like old school toys like that that are like they sound okay in theory. Like, oh, you make this plane and then you throw it and it flies really good. It's like great until you throw it the one time and it explodes and it never flies again. <laughs> right, it's like a million little toothpicks. There's, I mean, you know, you got the you got the the rubber ball on the the elastic band with the paddle. Mm-hmm. I always hated that thing. So does Mel Brooks. Um, that's true. This thing is warped. warped. (laughs) Let's get the warped one. (laughs) Uh, The little army men with the plastic parachute. Those are so much fun to use for like 15 minutes. Uh And then you get distracted or you do something else. And then when you go to come back to play with it, somehow he's hung himself. Right. And the parachute will never open again. No, it's 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 over. What are what are some other like? There's so many of these things. What about those um, sticky rubbery cup, ha- obviously. hand? Yeah, we'll ball cup. <laughs> the hand thing that you like oh, lasso I out and it love like those. sticks on a window, and then you yeah, like, it's something it really satisfying. And I feel like everybody does the same thing where you, like you stick it to the window and then you pull it, but you pull it really slow to see how long it'll hold on for. Like just as it's slowly unpeeling and yes. the fingertips are still touching, <laughs> and then it just snaps back and hits you in the eye. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> silly, silly putty. Silly putty. Yeah, you use that one time. You put it on a newspaper. You peel yep. it off. Yep. You're pretty much done. Or you make fart noises with it. That's another thing you can do. With silly oh, putty. yeah. If you get it just right, the bubble forms yeah, in it. And, yeah. That's right. That's right. Otherwise, what are we doing with silly putty? Well, you mold it and stretch it and play with it. You know what I used to like doing with it? What? If you pulled it really hard and fast enough, it would just snap. It wouldn't stretch. It would like break. <laughs> was it like and, uh, that a was border- a game I used to play? Was it like a borderline non-Newtonian non-Newtonian fluid that like <laughs> went, like you would pull it really fast and it would turn into a solid somehow? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> um, I remember doing that. You have to. It's like a perfectly clean brick if you pulled it really fast. Yes. How about those little semicircles that you turn from concave to convex and then you pop it? Okay. So, we're going to take that a step further. I know exactly what you're talking about. I love those. But, do you remember Snailians? The name sounds familiar. <laughs> okay, Snailians, there was a cartoon. There were these little rubber guys. The toys were like a little rubber Snailian. And they had these little suits that you put them in. They're like these plastic shells that would go around them. They'd be like these like powerful suits that they were in in the, in the cartoon. And they would have one of those things that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But like on its back. Uh, I assume like the shell kind of, yes, of us yes. now. but it was a really like dense, thick rubber one. Mm-hmm. So if you were to turn it inside out, that's not what it was really for, but if you were to turn it inside out and put it down, it would slowly come back, but it was so thick, the rubber that like, if it was on like a hard floor, it would skyrocket. Oh yeah. And <laughs> if you touched it, it would like snap if you t- if you touch like the 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 bulbed out part. Yeah, it would snap the other way. So I used to put them down on the floor and try to get people to step on. Them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, doesn't feel good. What about those um, clapper things? That it was kind of like maracas, but it was two hands and they were plastic hands, and you would there's, shake it. There's those, but I feel like the uh, I feel like that's more new age compared to like the old one, which was like the ball, like the two balls. On a, so, similar idea, right? yes. Right. Oh, what about the metal thing with the wheel <laughs> that just rolls on it? It's like it's like a, two metal prongs. I've only I've never <laughs> seen one of those in real life. I've never seen one in real life. But yes, I know what you're talking about. I feel like we're also getting into the realm of like the uh, the, the 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 box of like nails that you gently put your hand into and like. Oh, I love those. You put your face in it. Yes. Poke your eye out, but also it would kind of look like your right. face. Famously appears in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, I don't remember that. We really need to get around to doing that for the show. We we've talked about it enough times, and I don't actually really remember much of that movie. Yeah. It's I've, been like 25 years since I've seen the movie. I, I, I'm down. We can, we can make that happen. Um, What are we drinking? We didn't even try it yet. <laughs> no, we didn't. We, we really got distracted there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Wait for it. Sorry. Again, I just, I my, my glasses are too full. I think that's what the problem is. Uh, I had one quite full glass that I smacked off of a very not full glass. So mm. that is certainly juicy. That's like um, that's borderline apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get yeah. beer? <laughs> Actually, it does kind of taste a little bit like apple juice. You're right. <laughs> mm. I'm diving right in with three thuckles. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. It's really um, good. It's very tasty. Also, excellent, like effervescent hop aroma to this one. Mm-hmm. Um. From what I can smell, yes. Very stuffy. Uh, You're probably hearing it here. You probably heard it more last week. Um, I've coughed a few times already. I promise I will try to mute 
before it happens, but I sometimes I just can't get to the button. I've been running into an issue with my microphone where sometimes when I hit the mute button, it doesn't mute. No, and then it mutes when you hit to unmute it, and you're like, oh, wait. Well, no, what happens is I before I hit it to cough or whatever, I make sure to take my thumb off to see if the red light is on still because it shouldn't be blinking when it's muted. Right. But then I've noticed like there was one time in an episode, actually, I think it was one of the ones since we came back where I had to like sneeze or something. And like, I was like desperately trying to get it to mute and it wouldn't. <laughs> and I actually heard it on the play. I think it might've been the first episode we came back. Cause I wanted to listen to the whole episode <laughs> to hear how we sounded. It was like, Oh my God, you could literally hear me aggressively click the button click because it. <laughs> it didn't actually mute. Cause I hit it once and it didn't mute, but I did it softly. So then I hit it really hard. And it still didn't mute, but you hear the click of the button in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's when technology fights back. It's, it's rough. Last week, we talked about a brewery that is just fine. Yes. This week, we have a brewery that is good slash great. I mean, all of the ones that we've, we've done, probably three on the show, right? And they've all been pretty good. Or at least we, we, there, there's three that we know of that we really like. Did we do the Golden Monkey on the show? We may not have done Golden Monkey on the show. We definitely did Sour Monkey on the show. I I have like uh, vivid memories of having Golden Monkey for the first time at uh, One Republic in Hoboken. I think you were there. Um, I feel like I definitely introduced you to the Golden Monkey. Yeah. Um, I don't remember where I do. I remember us drinking it in Hoboken. I I remember us I getting it. A for... Golden Monkey and a pork slap burger, which was like. A burger with bacon and some, oh, and pulled pork and like an egg. It was too much. It's just too much. So that maybe that sounds right. But I, what I remember from drinking it in Hoboken was for the Oscars that we had at your apartment in Hoboken. Wow. And we got, that was like the last actual, or maybe the only actual Oscars party that you got to host. Because most of the time it's just yeah. you and me, you, you, me, and Kim. You mean yeah? Kim we did like a legit. We had we had a we had a decent amount of people there, didn't we? Yeah, because Mike Michael Warren and his girlfriend were there, and Michael's sister was there. Um, I think James was there. Vicky came in from right, Weehawken. Right. Um, wow. there might have been a couple other people. I don't remember. Damn, we gotta get and an Oscars party going again one of these we, days. You know when the Oscars happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I remember you and, and when me. it's worth it. Let's be frank, some sure. some years it's not worth it. I barely saw any of the movies last year. I'm going to try to make a better effort this year. You're going to have to make them available on Plex for me, and I'm going to try sure. to knock them all out. Sounds good. I wonder if the um, there's a theater that well, the theater that we go to here. When you're here, they do a uh, sometimes they do a pass where mm. like you you pay X number of dollars and like you have enough a certain amount of time to see them. There's only so many showings of each one, but you can yeah. like, you have the pass to go see it, which is kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, I have to, um, the one that I've actually been pretty interested in that I'd like to see is, was it Belfast, the, Ke- the Kenneth Branagh one? Mm. Man, um, that dude's all over the place. Yeah, I want to see that one. Um, I heard good things about that one. And I'm sure I'll be interested more or less in the other ones, but I, I sure. feel like I, I don't even know what the big Oscar movies are this year. Neither do I. I usually don't pay attention until around now because they yeah. usually come out in the wrong year. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, like, they all about all that other stuff that happened. They all come out in like from like Thanksgiving to New Year's. And sometimes you haven't even heard of it when it comes out, but then you hear about it four weeks later when like Oscars buzz starts ramping up. 
Uh, this is the year that they give Anna Faris a Lifetime Achievement Award for her role in Just Friends. <laughs> <laughs> and they plead for forgiveness. <laughs> but uh, this, no, this beer's a treat. I'm happy with it. Three thuckles all the way. I think it's time for some news and nuggets. Al, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Um, let's start with like a little like nugget, I suppose. Uh, I forgot slash didn't know that they were making a Peacemaker show. And then Is Peacemaker th- that movie with George Clooney? That doesn't sound familiar to me. Not to say that it's not correct what you just said. Like I the just, that terrorist. Sound- He's like counter-terrorist. I'm going to look this up real quick. Keep that going. doesn't sound familiar to me. But this is Peacemaker, the character played by John Cena in Suicide Squad. Oh. That him and okay. James Gunn are making into a show on HBO Max. It comes out, I believe, the 15th or something. I, I still haven't seen Suicide Squad because I went to watch it. And, of course, it was off. I didn't realize that you didn't see it. I forgot that you didn't see it. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, it was good. I actually really liked it, considering I had less than no expectations going into that movie. I really didn't like that they were making that movie. I didn't like mm-hmm. that James Gunn was wasting his time with that. I ended up really liking it. Cool. Which is funny because I went in with like a pretty negative outlook and I ended up really liking it. I, uh, <laughs> breaking news, this just said, The Peacemaker was a movie with George Clooney okay. and Nicole Kidman from 1997. A U.S. Army colonel and a civilian woman supervising him must track down stolen Russian nuclear weapons before they're used by terrorists. Fun. Uh, the reason why this... One, I, I, I saw this movie when it came out uh, in 97, which is probably maybe too early for me to be watching it. It's just <laughs> fine. But uh, I have this... I, I, this movie's like clear in my mind like a certain scene and it's there's schoolgirls running downstairs away from what's happening mm-hmm. and they're girls from my school <laughs> like it was from like like I, I don't know how they got cast as extras in it oh wow but it was just a really weird just a just a weird thing i remember i don't remember anything else about the movie it's weird that both of us have a george clooney movie in our town story <laughs> <laughs> What's yours? Uh, I, I've definitely said it on the show before, um, and to you, but uh, Michael Clayton, the the movie that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. was in, with the the scene where he sees the horse under the the train track trestle. Yeah. Um, that's like five minutes from my house. Yeah. Uh, anytime I hear the name Clayton, I also chuckle because I don't know if you remember um, Saving Silverman. I remember the movie. I don't the, remember the two friends. Um, that meet the new two friends. At oh, the, the, party. the ones that she's and like, says what? he's his, new, they're his new friends. <laughs> one yeah. of them's Clayton. <laughs> I don't remember that. Die, but yeah. fake Wayne. Yeah, that I remember. <laughs> I love it. Great movie. Uh, so right, anyway, so yeah, Peacemaker. I'm, I'm interested. Uh, I think it starts on the 15th. Um, Is I'm, that something I could just watch or do, do I have to have seen the movie? I don't know yet. <laughs> probably you could just see it i'm guessing because i think that this will technically be like a before prequel but i'm not 100 sure about that okay. i haven't even seen the trailer i just saw that there's a trailer out and that it's coming out and i was like oh that's cool i'll probably check that out because he was vaguely entertaining and it sounds like they're striking the tone of kind of like the boys so okay <laughs> you're getting into the boys yes exactly what is even more Rick Dalton. I've been curious about this since you mentioned it. Oh, okay. So you know how there was that movie by Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Sure. 
Were you, I'm sorry, were can, you trying I, to remember the title while you were saying it? Well, the problem is I know the name of the movie. It's a lot of words in the movie. Uh-huh. And in the headline for the thing I'm about to read you, it's abbreviated O-U-A-T-I-H. And I'm like, <laughs> that's fo- just fucking up my whole mind. Like, I know I'm the out, movie. I'm outie. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm going to end up saying all these words in the wrong order somehow. Um, or outie. So there was the movie. Sure. I want to say you liked it slightly more than very, me, but I very much enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Um, you know what I enjoy more than that movie? What is Gary's cosplay? Gary's cosplay was pretty <laughs> incredible. He did a very good cowboy Rick Dalton. Uh, that being said, um, so then there was the novelization of that movie, which was like not just like a straight script to page novelization; like they expanded on it a lot. I don't know if you read that or not. Oh, I no. I definitely didn't. Al, you know how long it takes me to get through a book? You know how long it takes me to get through well, a book. Well, I mean, you might have listened to the book, whatever. That's Even that seems to take me forever. I still haven't finished uh, No Remorse. Yeah, well, you also haven't picked it back up, so. That's fair. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino teases Once Upon a Time in Hollywood spinoff book that he's written about Rick Dalton with a meta twist. This is from Empire. Um, I'm going to read you a decent bit of this article. This is from uh, yesterday, yesterday between his 2019 screen version of once upon a time in Hollywood and the much expanded novel version he published last year. Quentin Tarantino clearly loves the world. He created in that film in all history, 1969 with perpetual golden sunlight, sorry, sunsets packed with familiar faces from Hollywood's golden age, rubbing shoulders with Leonardo DiCaprio's actor, Rick Dalton and Brad Pitt's stuntman Cliff Booth. And the writer director is not done with it yet. Speaking to the Empire podcast in a major new interview, Tarantino opened up about a whole new book he's written involving Rick Dalton. I probably need to punch it up a little bit, he says, but the body of it completely exists. Um, so apparently this is in the spirit of there were some books back in the 70s that were written. Um, this is a quote from him. You know, in the 70s, you could get those books like the films of Charles Bronson or the films of Anthony Quinn. Well, this is that, he explains. It gives you a little quickie biography of his life that starts going through the career and then there's this episodic television show, and then there's this other television show, and then this film, this movie, and that movie, and starts with the small parts he has in this one, and it builds with little reviews of each thing, little synopses of each of them, and it goes through the entire career until he retires in 1988. So this goes on and on, um, but apparently the way he's written this is the meta twist of it, quote-unquote, is that it's not just written by Quentin Tarantino. The book is written by the Quentin Tarantino that exists in the universe of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Um, so I guess the premise is it's written by the me, Quentin Tarantino, in 1999 in that universe. Because in this pretext, Rick retires and moves to Hawaii. And so I go in 1998 to the Hawaii International Film Festival. I'm there and Roger Ebert's there and I'm seeing films. <laughs> and then one of the festival people goes, hey, so is there anybody in Hawaii that you'd like to meet? And you go, well, who's worth meeting here in Hawaii? Well, Don Ho's here and this one is here and that one's here. Rick Dalton's here. Whoa, Rick Dalton. I wondered what the fuck happened to that guy. Well, he retired in 1988 and him and his wife, Francesca, the Lorenza Izzo character uh, who mm-hmm. Rick marries in the film, they moved to Hawaii. So they arrange a lunch. He comes down to the hotel that I'm staying at and there's Rick. He's 40 pounds heavier, but there he is. <laughs> so we have a ball and he's a really nice fellow. And my movie shows 
and he comes to the screening. He shows up usually every year for a couple of screenings. He's long since retired. I have such a good time with him that the next year, 1999, I arrange a Rick Dalton retrospective. We show some prints of his movies, have a nice little thing for him, and he likes that, and then spurs me to write an appreciation of his career called The Man Who Would Be McQueen, the films of Rick Dalton. <laughs> and so I write it, and it's prefaced by this huge Q&A that I had with Rick at that time. It's all written. It all exists. That's that's kind of cool. That's like really, that's like he locked himself in a room. <laughs> yeah, that's like, he. well, he's very world. clearly been obsessed with this whole idea of this alternate world that exists, right? That's why he wrote a fairy tale in which, um, what's her name, doesn't get murdered by the Manson family and all that. Yeah. You know, he gets to have his happy ending of that story. And this gets to be another continuation of another continuation of that story. Um, it's not for me. But anyone yeah. who liked that movie would be interested. I think you might be interested. I really so. like the concept. I don't. I wouldn't have. I don't think I'd. I'd be like that interested in reading it. I just think it's kind of cool that he did it. Sure. I figured even if it was only at that level, that it would be something yeah. that you'd be interested in knowing about. So. I appreciate you always looking out for me with the news and nugs. I do try. You do. I got one for you. Okay. Al, have you ever been dumpster diving? <laughs> um. No. So I have. Oh. Recently? I had an interesting Monday night. Do tell. So Kim works at the yoga studio on Monday nights. Okay. And she closes it up. And when she closes it up at the end of the day, she takes out the trash and throws it in the dumpster. She comes home, walks in the door, and goes, well, I think we're going to have to go dumpster diving. To which I say, what? <laughs> more on that later. Yeah, more on that later. Uh, totally separate what? She's like, I don't have my ring. On my oh. finger. And she's like, I didn't take it off today. I, not that I could think of. She's like, all I could think of is maybe when I took my gloves off into the garbage, like I pulled it off with it and threw it out. Hmm. I'm like, okay. She's like, there's one garbage that I did that with that's in the studio. that has nothing in it but a glove and some like stuff that she swept up. And the other one's in the dumpster. I was like, okay, you go back to the studio. Obviously, we can't both leave. Elio's already asleep. Hmm. You go back to the studio, you check the garbage in the studio, and if it's not there, you come back, and I will go back, and I will figure out how to get the one of the dumpster. <laughs> right? So, lo and behold, she returns. It was not in the garbage in the studio. <laughs> of course. Great. So, uh, I prepare myself. I have a crowbar. I have a... Um, the crowbar is simply for grabbing purposes. I thought maybe I could hook something with it. Okay. Got the crowbar. A shovel. Mm-hmm. And a stepladder. Okay. Load up the back of the car. I already sensed a mistake here. There should have been two stepladders. Well, no. I figured if I were to go in, in, I would climb over and I would bring the ladder. Like, I would just pull it over. It's not like a big ladder. It's like just like a three-step ladder that it would have it would have worked. Okay. I get there. She had described to me very well which dumpster it was. Um, luckily, it, it was one of them was completely full and, and cardboard, so it wasn't that one. And, uh, very fortunate in that the garbage bags at the yoga studio are white okay. and the majority of the garbage bags in there are black. Okay. There are only two white garbage bags. Got it. One is on top of the other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm like, let's just hope that it's that one. They are both white garbage bags with red drawstrings, which is how it was described that that's right. Of course, it's like in the back of the dumpster though. Like she like <laughs> threw it in the dumpster, right? So first step is I try to, it's one of those really big ones, like really big dumpsters with a lid on it. Yep. 
And my first thing is like, okay, I'm going to need both hands to do whatever it is I do next. So I need to open this lid. I don't know if you've ever tried to open one of those lids. They're very, very heavy. Yes. And you have to like, you can't really just, you have to like really use a lot of effort to swing it over. Yes. Other, it has to get catch momentum and it has to get over the top to swing all the way open. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I'm not at the, I'm not the right height. I don't have I just height's, can't do height's it. a part of it. Yeah. I got onto the step ladder and I tried doing it a few times. And then I realized I'm I'm almost certainly going to knock the step ladder over and like crack my teeth on the dumpster like because I'm gonna lose <laughs> my balance. So I was like I have to figure this out. So I improvise and I climb on top of the other dumpster. Now I'm between two dumpsters and I'm able to I'm close enough to the hinge now that I can actually just without throwing it I can open it all the way. Open it all the way. Now I also realize I'm pretty close to the back of the dumpster and the shovel is just in reach. So I grab the shovel and my first instinct is I'm going to go, I'm going to scoop it, I'm gonna scoop it out with the like, shovel. There's a chance that something under it shifts and it goes further down. Mm-hmm. So I rethink my approach, turn the shovel around. Okay. I see where the red handles are. So I just poke the bag a little bit and shake it a little bit until one of the handles moves and there's enough of a loop in the handle that you can hook it that I put, Carefully put the shovel through the loop hole, right? Now it's very important. I need, it's 27 degrees (laughs) and I am freezing and my hands have never been so cold. (laughs) I'm not wearing like warm gloves. I'm wearing like um, what are now known as COVID gloves (laughs) just to not, you know, touch anything. Yeah. Um, Finally get it out, right? Cleared it out. Almost fall getting off the dumpsters because now I can't really feel the leg that I was leaning against the dumpster with because it's so cold and the dumpster Sorry, is, just, is basically ice. I'm just thinking of Christmas vacation when they're going to get the tree and uh, Audrey's yeah. frozen from the waist down. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> that's me. That's me this moment. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and throw it in the back of the car. I'm going to try to open it and I was going to look through it there. Uh, with the light. Yep. I went to open it. Can't open it because I can't. I like I. My hands have never been so numb. Like I couldn't feel anything. So I was like, yeah. I sat in the car for a minute. I called her. I was like, I'm just gonna rip the bag. Describe some things that I see, and you tell me that this is the right bag or not. Because I don't want to. I'm not coming back. Right. So I open it up. I was like, Swiffer pads, a couple of clear gloves. That's it. Okay, great. Go back home. Get in the garage. Close the door. Try to warm up a little bit. Rip the bag open, and spread everything out across the floor. Not hearing any metal, right? Not hearing any sound. I'm like, oh, so far, not so great. Um, She's like, well, this is definitely the bag because so-and-so was eating that snack. (laughs) And Uh, and, yeah, so it's like, great. We find the three gloves that are in there. No ring in the gloves. Awesome. Start just pulling apart all of the papers and everything that's in there. No ring. Okay. And I was like, well... I've asked you numerous times already, but like, are you absolutely sure you were wearing the ring when you went? She thinks she was. So, okay. We're trying to think, where could it be? How could it have fallen off? It's all wood floors. If it had fallen off of her hand, she would have heard it. Yeah. Like, can't, you know, can't figure it out, right? It's now like 1030. She's very upset. Not sure. I'm frustrated. I'm laying on the bed and I'm thinking a picture of her earlier today holding Elia. Let's go to the tape. <laughs> go to the tape. No ring on the hand. Oh. The ring must be in the house. <laughs> the ring is coming from in the house. 
looking everywhere. I, you know, I, and I had already like kind of turned everything upside down looking for it. Couldn't find it in the bedroom, which is where most likely it would have been. Um, odds are that's where it'll be. A little more reference for you. <laughs> uh, it wasn't in the room. Uh, then I was like, I vaguely remember earlier today, the cat was playing with something that sounded weird that I had never heard before. Oh, I was boy. Like, is it somewhere else in the house? We'll look tomorrow. Whatever. Um, Mother-in-law comes over the next day to watch uh, the baby while Kim goes out to an appointment. Playing with him in his room. Moves this little cozy caterpillar thing that he has over. And the ring pops out. And I was like, honestly, just glad that we found it. Really wish I thought to look at the picture before I went in the dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of bagels in the dumpster. Huh. Either way, it's a happy story. We find the ring. Yes. It's good. My hands still work. I was, um, at a certain point in that story, I was wondering whether or not you were going to get home and see the ring on her hand. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. <laughs> the the only way this story could have been better. Great. <laughs> like, you know, when, time... when, you're, when your mom's like, I can't find my glasses, like, they're on top of your head. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, some things like that have happened. Uh, there was one time where she thought she lost her wallet and she was all upset. The wallet was, uh, we actually, she bought it in Florence and it was like a really nice, like leather wallet, mm-hmm. um, when we were there and it's really, you know, first things for, I was like, okay. I was like, you know, sh- things happen, you know, whatever, like what we have to, we do have to act right now though. And we have to cancel your cards <laughs> or, or pause them until we figure it out. So we did all that. And then I was just like distraught. She was like, you know, so, so upset. And I was like, let me just, let me just take your keys. And go through the car. Just, I feel like there's a chance. I don't know what made me think. Like, she explained to me what she knows where she had it to. And like, so something just made me like, let me just go check the car. Sure enough, I checked the car, checked the little glove box in in the middle. What do you call that thing? The armrest one. Is that a glove box? Is that a compartment? The arm compartment? Whatever. Yeah. It's in in there. And she like never puts it in there. Mm -hmm. I was just like, came back in the house and it's like, we can call all those places now and reactivate. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a fresh set of eyes because yeah. you get stuck in the mode of, I know it should be here and it's not there. And mm-hmm. so you can't see the other perfectly legitimate place it could right. be because you don't remember putting it there. You remember putting it always here. That's your muscle memory to put it exactly. there. And I feel like I would have searched Elio's room a little bit more for the ring if he weren't asleep. Sure. Yeah. But then we wouldn't. Again, well, so what are the odds it would be in his crib? Like, it, wasn't, it was on the floor. Oh, okay. Like, in, like, a toy in the rug. Got it. Which, I mean, in theory, she probably was, like, holding on to him and pulled her hand out from, like, under him and, like, it probably, like, pulled it off. Because it's not loose, the ring. Yeah. But, you know, it has a happy ending. I'm just glad I didn't have to go into the dumpster. Yes. That's why I was going to say two-step ladders, because ideally you would walk, yeah, one in, one out. Just, like, step down. Yeah, Yeah, that's why you don't have to, like, straddle... Or even disgusting like dumpster. I have one of those like little giants. Actually, that would have probably been a better idea. And I could have just taken it and it's like a ladder that, that has like an A fold and I could have just put one side over it so I could have just climbed up and over. Yeah. Like a pool ladder. <laughs> what if I just, sure. I just show up to this parking lot with an, night, pool with an actual pool ladder? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Al. Yes. What? Okay, so we did a glad you ask <laughs> abbreviated version of reading with that story about more, even more Rick Dalton. Mm-hmm. But I have our first real honest to God reading since we've come back from our break. First, I'm going to apologize for what it is I'm going to be reading to you. Oh boy. 
but I feel like we must enjoy this for what it is. Okay. So I'm going to read you a tweet and then a bunch of tweets that were linked in a thread after it. This is from Metro UK. This truly is a story like no other. Stephanie Maddow, a former 90 day fiance star who made 38,000 pounds a week from selling her farts in a jar has revealed that she was rushed to the hospital. Is that the title? That was the first tweet. Oh, 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 a tweet, tweet. Gotcha. Okay. Next tweet. Stephanie Maddow recently shed light on her unusual stream of income, explaining how she utilized her 260,000 strong following at her as her customer base to sell her pungent product, which retailed at a princely $1,000 a jar. What? Yes, you read that right. That's actually in the tweet. Amazing. At one point... Wow, what a... <laughs> that was like a fourth wall break in a movie. <laughs> it was. At one point, demand was so high for Stephanie's wind... No, that this she is was good writing. <laughs> producing up to 50 jars worth of farts a week. However, she may have squeezed out one too many as the reality this star. This sounds like a stupid math problem. If Stephanie <laughs> farts in a jar and sells those jars for $1,000 a piece, and she can produce 50 fart jars in a week. She may have squeezed out one too many as she, as the reality star had to make a hospital dash. She told Jam Press, I thought I was having a stroke and that these were my final moments. I was overdoing it. She recalled how she consumed three protein shakes and a huge bowl of black bean soup in one day before feeling that something was not right. Oh my God. Pressure in her stomach that moved upwards throughout her body. It was quite hard to breathe. and Every time I tried to breathe in, I'd feel a pinching sensation around my heart. And that, of course, made my anxiety escalate. I thought I was experiencing a heart attack. Stephanie arrived at the hospital later that evening, but didn't tell the doctors about her unique career. Okay, Only sure. changes made to her diet. It was made clear that what I was experiencing wasn't a stroke or a heart attack, but very intense gas pain, she said. I was advised to change my diet. And to on, take- I have to pause you for one second. Two things. Okay. That have to one, as you were telling the story, I was, I was like, certainly, this is just supplemental information. And the farting in the jar has nothing to do with the actual hospitalization. I was wrong. Yes. Two, I couldn't remember what the person's name was, so I started to Google farts. I'm sure it's all over the news. Yes. One, two, wait, hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh entry. Just the word farts. Seventh entry. Farts in a jar hospitalized. <laughs> <laughs> I was advised to change my diet and to take a gas suppressant uh, uh, medication. <laughs> I like this roundabout version of the story. Can you please hold? I'm going to read you the rest of these results real quick. These are just the autocompletes. It's farts, farts in jars, farts smell like eggs, fart sounds, farts and fairies, farts meaning, farts in jars hospitalized, farts smell like metal, farts smell like death, farts in a jar for sale. Um, sorry, sorry, it was advised to change my diet to take a gas suppressant medication, which has effectively ended my business. Stephanie has now retired from selling farts in a jar, a relief to her family. Can she collect this ability? (laughs) But her, she has managed to find another unique way of making money from it. Her clients will no longer be able to own the physical jar of Stephanie's gas, but they'll be able to purchase them as digital artworks on the blockchain. I'm wait. Maybe. She's going to sell NFTs of her holding fart jars, I believe. 
Like pictures of her holding the jar? Well, that's what's in the tweet that I just read from, was a picture of her holding a jar. This is, um... This is really upsetting. Yeah, uh, and of course, somehow, this absurd, obscene story ended with a pivot to NFTs like everything else, which is infuriating to me. Like, just positively, stupidly infuriating to me. Yeah. Uh, The punctuation on this story is, you might say that Stephanie, much like her career, has been given a second wind at life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) All right. There's a lot to unpack there, but I, I feel like we can't unpack too much of it. I do want to say, I searched one more thing. I was like, what? Like, I, I need to know who this person is. So I did the Google search for the name, finally figured out the name, clicked images, and these are, I just, <laughs> the titles of the images are so good. <laughs> one is just, you know, 90 Day Fiance Stephanie. The next one is Medical Emergency After Farting. Uh, Stephanie Matt, because this is my favorite one, Stephanie Maddow. Stops selling farts. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Oh my god! <coughs> farts on the blockchain, you know the wave, wave of the future. It's uh, that's where we're at. Non-fartable token. Non. <laughs> I can't. Uh, uh. I'm sorry. I had to. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) But like, okay, actually, now I'm, the more I think about this, I don't want to think about it anymore, but the more that I think about it, the more intrigued I am. Like, what are the mechanics, how do you get the fart in the jar? I have no earthly idea. It's got to be some sort of like, sealed, I don't know, like a tube on your, something around your your whole bottom, right? Mm -hmm. For the gas can only go in one direction. Yep. I don't know, man. I just don't know how you get it in there. I'm thinking it's got to be some one of those situations. You know, they have those um, like bottles that when you like push like the straw in or whatever, like yeah, it, it like seals in the reverse direction. Yeah, there's got to be something like that that goes on where like it's a one way barrier. Yeah, either that or maybe it's just like not an efficient um, storage solution, and like oh, I'm you're sure losing a lot that's in the in the transfer state. There has to be, yeah, right. It's also entirely possible that there's nothing in there, right? And like someone's just—it's just a jar. Someone's just buying this jar that someone rubbed their ass on. I just hope <laughs> that like next week there's a story about someone who died because they opened one of the jars and passed out and like cracked it. <laughs> like <laughs> that's someone got pink eye from one of these jars, and then their buddy took a picture of them. NFT. <laughs> right, that's how it works. Yes, exactly. The, the blockchain. Yeah, you know the block, uh, the whole NFT thing. I can't, I can't get into it at this point. No, but it's just, I just want to slap every single person. Mm-hmm. I, I almost sent you. I meant to send you something earlier today, and it was someone gathering up a bunch of like screenshots of tweets of people who think they're revolutionizing something with blockchain, and it's just reinventing something that already exists but worse. Right. Because that's like 90% of the conversation around. I just feel like we're creating all this this stuff in the digital space so that when we get there, when we actually convert ourselves into the digital space, maybe there's just things for us to have. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> I already did that thought experiment with, with my friend Alex um, about 10 years or so ago. He used to tweet things and like tag this, like me in the tweets. 
but I didn't have a Twitter account. Okay. So when I finally decided to get a Twitter account, I signed on for the handle that he used to tweet at <laughs> to see if I would get those tweets. And I didn't. But right. then I checked again several months later, and it actually did ah, load needed. them backwards and like prop. Yeah, it was like it was it was actually really cool. Like, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so that's why my I have that incredibly stupid t- Twitter handle. What is it? Alessandro B eleven eighty seven. I don't know why he would do that, but that was the one he chose. Sure. Eventually, I'm gonna have to change that. Yeah, that's really funny. Oh man, that's kind of <laughs> so. You were already in the internet before you were in the internet. Exactly. Got it. Uh, you could say that I usurped and infiltrated the internet. <laughs> Much like <laughs> the, peanut gallery. the peanut gallery. Uh, what are you watching? Ow. Um, okay, so I got a couple of things here. What we're consuming. Uh, first, the weekly check-in on the Shutdown Fullcast. Because mm. I know that you've grown to appreciate this weekly. And mm-hmm. the this week's episode came out a little late today, so I didn't get through the whole thing mm. yet. But Al tells Anthony the punchlines. That's what the segment is. Kind of. So they spent basically the first 20 minutes detailing the history of the Pittsburgh toilet. Are you familiar with the Pittsburgh toilet Uh, as the Pittsburgh potty? No. So apparently roughly World War II era houses built in the Pittsburgh area. Many of them were built with basements that have a freestanding toilet and or shower in the basement. Just there. Not enclosed within a sub room. Of right. The it's just like in the basement, just in the basement open. Okay. Yes. Um, so it's funny because I don't, this may not be a true Krugering because I may have actually seen one of them retweet something about this the other day. I saw it on Twitter. I just don't remember who it was. And it may have been one of them. I don't, I don't know, okay. but I know when they started talking about it on the show that one of them didn't know about it before they started talking about it. So it's possible. It wasn't one of them because they would have seen it. Okay. Like if the other one had tweeted it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, apparently this comes back to, you know, Pittsburgh mining town and all that stuff. Like, you know, you'd come back from the mines and, or, you know, smelting iron into steel or whatever. And apparently go in through the basement, clean yourself off before entering the main part of your house. Got it. Okay. And who doesn't want a fully functioning toilet in their basement? Totally get it. Sure. Don't understand why there can't be walls around it though. Uh, maybe you don't want to touch anything on the way to it. Yeah. But like, what if you. What if you're using, utilizing the toilet, usurping and infiltrating the toilet, right? And someone comes downstairs. <laughs> Maybe it's just a one-way street type situation. You only come in if you've been working all day. So there's no circumstances which you got to knock, right? You got to know to knock. Knock on the basement. That was one of the yeah. things they discussed on the on the episode. Yes, but they spent about the first twenty minutes discussing this and all of the possible. <laughs> variations and reasons why and and the applications and how it might be embarrassing and all that stuff yeah it was an entertaining conversation that's that is interesting like i'm kind of curious i want to know how big the room is i want to know what else is in the room i mean i saw a picture of one that was like i said on, on twitter and like you can see from the vantage point of the picture right the picture is being taken of a toilet and right behind the toilet there's like a column but just past the column is the staircase upstairs. Like you can, huh. it's it's basically. I full, see it. I see. You're probably seeing the exact picture I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. That is really why. Why do it that way? Right. Like it does. Like I, I, one of them even said, like you could have even put a fucking shower curtain around it, or put it in a corner. Well, like if you wanted to be cheap, right, and you didn't want to build four walls, 
Sure. You could put some sort of drapery uh, you, around it. You could build an iron door. You work at the iron mill. Right? You could just drag some scrap home with you. This is really that I'm... You sent me down a rabbit hole. I did. Several of them already. I'm going to have to ask my friend who now so, lives any- there... Pittsburgh. If, if she's familiar with the Pittsburgh body. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds like they don't make them like that anymore, but. Oh, God. If, if you live in the Pittsburgh area, you have to be familiar with it, right? I would assume so. These are questions that I'm going to have to ask. Very strange. Maybe. No. I'm kind of wondering if it was like a thing, like there was a door around it, and like they just removed it because they didn't want to use it anymore. No, but there's no. There can't be a door that has been removed because there's not like, three like, other walls. No, like a stall. <sighs> I yeah, I guess. Actually, maybe. I'm seeing a picture right now of one that is a stall. Like okay, if at least stall. if it had a stall, that would be okay. Like, sure. I still like you'd rather not have the whole bathroom smell like shit. But like, at least you have visual protection from other people entering the room. I feel like there's a lot of bugs in this situation. Like it's entirely it's possible. Open. It's in the basement. It's kind of moist everywhere. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling it. I um no. This one's pretty great. It's washer, dryer, sink, toilet, toilet. Nice. This one they just uh, they didn't build walls around it, but they put one of those like velvet covers on the seat. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fascinating. There's a book. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> Pittsburgh potty. Huh. Yeah, can't can't read the Rick Dalton book. Can't read without remorse. But I will read we'll more read about the, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh potty. potty. Absolutely. Some there's some things you just gotta know. Yeah. All right. What else are you consuming? Um. So I finally got to start watching The Witcher. The last ah! two days. So I. How far are you? I finished the third episode shortly before we started recording tonight. Excellent. So I've been enjoying it. Your your guy Stregobor is uh, Stregobor. Da- 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 <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> dastardly as always. Dastardly um, indeed. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. It's been entertaining so far. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good show. I really enjoyed the season. I like the uh, the strong focus on Cirilla, um, the mystery. You know, it's fun. It's good. I, I I don't know if I had finished it when we recorded last week, but I am done. Okay. I have, I have finished. It's only eight episodes, right? So I'm almost halfway. I think so. Yeah. Um, good stuff, man. It's just very entertaining. I think it's really well constructed, too. Like, the, it's not doing anything too wacky like the first season did, but you can't really, you can't really play that game twice. No, once, once you've linked the timelines back together, you can't do that again, probably. But I really liked that for the first season. I know it frustrated and turned some people off. I actually I, I really liked it. it. Yeah. Nice and fresh. But, uh, cool. Yeah, so I'll, 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 I have that on my list, too, because like I said, I wasn't sure if I had finished it last time we spoke, but um, nice. What uh, I will go next, I am I now have one episode left of Dexter New Blood, mm. which airs Sunday. Um, so if this episode is out on time, it airs <laughs> Sunday. If not, it's probably already out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I am really enjoying it. I... I had read something about like it was like the writer's favorite thing he ever written he had ever written. It's very good. I wouldn't think it's like it's not like it's the best episode of Dexter or anything like that, but it is it's really strong. For a uh for a second to last episode, it's like, hey, I'm gonna wrap these things up. When you uh <laughs> what's next? <laughs> Do 
we have enough time in the next episode to do all this? Uh, so we'll see what happens. I'm also really curious about like what are they? What are their plans for this series? Is this it? I have no idea. I've been trying to avoid the news of it since I still haven't been able to catch up to yeah. to date. So, um, but anyway, that's I'm really looking forward to the finale of that next week. What else are you consuming? Um, I very briefly and barely began my foray into God Emperor of Doom, which is the fourth book of six. Um, I have heard that out in the fandom, this one is viewed as on par with or possibly even exceeding the first one, which is surprising because the first one was pretty excellent. It's definitely been my favorite of the three, although I've liked all three of them that I've read so far. I just haven't had a time to really sit down and, and chew on it yet. I've basically read like the foreword, which was written by his son, um, the prologue, and then like the first chapter. So first chapter is pretty intriguing it's pretty uh thrilling right off the bat and i was like oh okay i'm sure that they'll take a breath from that for quite some time after this but uh i'm definitely intrigued to see where this goes considering there is a 3500 year time jump between the third book and the fourth book (laughs) (laughs) okay Let's let's get all that stuff real out of the way so we can write something fresh yeah i thought that the 30 year time jump in the expanse was dramatic yeah right oh my god (laughs) this is uh 150 times that or whatever. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's fun to keep going through this series. I'll see. Hopefully I'll enjoy this book just as much as I have the rest of it. So I enjoyed something tremendously on New Year's Eve. Okay. Cobra Kai mm. season four. Season yes. Five? Season four. I think it's the fourth, but awesome. Super. Enjoy- I love that show. It's so it's a guilty pleasure. It's not it's not like it's it's not great television. It's just really, it's very entertaining. It like pulls on, it does this whole nostalgia thing for something that I'm not even that nostalgic for, mm-hmm. which is really weird. Cause I was not big into Karate Kid at all. Like I liked, I liked the first one fine. I'd never had, I don't think I've ever seen the sequels. I weirdly saw like the last half hour of the second one. Okay. But they do, they do enough job of doing like uh, flashbacks and recaps okay. to catch you up to speed on characters they're going to introduce and things they're going to do. But it's really fun. It's a super entertaining show. It's getting a little bit redundant with the whole uh, um, Danny and uh, Daniel and Johnny like bickering and then coming together and then bickering and then coming together. Like it's just on loop, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but it's still it's still a lot of fun, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do in the next season. We really burned through it so fast. So they dropped the whole season on New Year's. Yeah. Or okay. yeah, it was New Year's, New Year's Eve. I didn't realize that that was out, um, which is weird because I like last the last season. I felt like I saw a ton of promotion for it when it was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't watch it. Uh, I think my boss is really into it, but uh, I, he, even he hasn't brought up in like last last season. He was like talking about it nonstop. So nice. and you haven't watched any of it, right? No, I, I I feel like you might like it. It's I mean it's not like a it's not a big investment. It's a quick. They're like they're short episodes. You can just kind of. Watch it. Some quick entertainment. There's not many of them. I hmm. think there's like, I feel like there's eight or ten, in, maybe ten in a season. Okay. But it's good stuff. It's fun. What else are you consuming? Uh, I watched this weekend the Harry Potter reunion special thing. Oh, I watched that too. Came out on HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. I that really was liked cool. it. That was, it was cool to see. I gotta say, uh, can't deny it. Tear came to my eye when Hagrid got choked up. His lip did a little quiver. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> I'm emotional tough. now. <laughs> it was tough seeing him that way because he was always like a big, strong presence. And now he looks so old. And I was yeah. like, oh. He doesn't look like he's in the greatest of health, which is kind of sad. But he looked happy to be there, which yeah. was cool. And he looked happy to see all of them. And they looked happy to see him. So I appreciate it. Like, it was all, oh, how cute. Like, getting Matt together. Oh, we love each other so much. Like, that whole thing. I thought that was great. But part of me is like, I want I want the B-roll with the dark conversations. <laughs> well, it would have been fun if there was a little bit of dirt. Even if it was playful dirt. Like. Right. <laughs> Um, like the I, whole, the whole, uh, uh, Emma Watson crushing on, um, Tom, what's his name? Tom Felton. That Tom was Felton. like the closest. That was, to that, that was really cute. And even that was, yeah, it was a little like cutesy. Like mm-hmm. that was the closest there came to being any sort of like gossip slash drama. Yeah. I just like, was, you know, totally expecting like Daniel Radcliffe to be like, yeah, I, uh, I don't even remember four Evan Six, I was just blackout drunk. Well, considering he has said that in the past, <laughs> yeah. like stuff like that, I, I'm surprised he didn't touch on that at all. I mean, I guess the point of this was supposed to be that it was feel good and celebrated all, and that's great. I wasn't expecting it to be like a penetrating documentary, but um, I don't know. Like they did feel like they got real and emotional about a lot of things. Like I'm surprised they didn't even just talk that out between the three of them, considering like the closest they came to that sort of stuff was talking about each of them basically dealing with like a version of like imposter syndrome. Like yeah. once it got in like halfway through the series and all that, which obviously must've contributed pretty substantially to Daniel Radcliffe's substance abuse issues. Like, mm-hmm. so, but it sounds like they never even talked about it at all when they were doing it. It's like, you guys were so close. Like you guys were together every day for like eight months at a time. Yeah. Like I, I can't believe that they never discussed it in any way, shape, or form with each other. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, just one of them made a good point of like it was like you know we were kids and we were just like weren't. We were never like oh how are you doing? <laughs> sure, but like you know I think it's understandable when you're like thirteen not to be doing that, but like yeah. when you're like seventeen or eighteen, like sure, sure. But either way, it was very it was it was an entertaining watch. It was almost like watching all of the movies in a mashup. We yeah. did like some of the clips and like talk about the people. That, I thought it was really cool. I had a lot of fun. I love I love those movies so much. I love the music. And yeah. anytime that, that little flourish happens in the music, I just like chills. I, I like that they got all of the directors. I think that was a cool touch to have all yeah. four of them there. Oh my God, the broken ribs thing really got me. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> you would have imagined that this like old director was like tried to beat the shit out of one of the twins, like it's <laughs> And paid for it with broken ribs, and uh, but it was just cool to see all their perspectives on like how like what they were going for because like yeah. I didn't always agree with all the choices, so I thought it was interesting to hear the justification for why they made some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that they got a huge amount of the cast back together, and it still left me wanting more though. Like there were still other people I wish they could have gotten to be a part of it. I'm sure it's tough with the pandemic and people's schedules, and yeah. You know, and, and it was nice to did a nice touch for all the people who they've lost since the beginning of it, mm-hmm. including like I'm sure a lot of those people must have been either like bit characters or like writers or crew or whatever, because they at one point they flesh up all the names and there was like thirty names. Yeah. But uh yeah, it was cool. It was, the funny thing was that it was just thinking about that part of it was there was a couple of people who died who I had no idea died. Same. But, like uh specifically the the woman who played Draco's mother, I had mm-hmm. no idea she'd passed like it was not that long after the last movie. Yeah, that's yeah, sad. But uh, it was a <clears throat> it was a good watch. The um, it was so interesting. Like the one, like you were saying, like the directors breaking down like their choices and like why. Uh, when you look at it a certain way, of like first few, couple movies, 
children next few movies like you know come out of age like teen years things like that and then like dramatic shift in tone you're adults now you got to deal with some real shit <laughs> like yeah. and, I think it's, and it's and it's like you know that growing up reading the books and watching the movies kind of hitting those milestones as they were coming out is kind of cool yeah um and i was think, actually thinking in the context of like uh younger folks today that are seeing it for the first time having it all already to go through like is it does it have the same effect it's a good question um and see how it ages with with them coming out at a generation or two later yeah i'll circle back in a few years yeah <laughs> we can we can interview my little dude oh <laughs> <laughs> uh not to jump the gun on other stuff that we're watching but uh we'll, we'll more on that in our bobus feature fet but uh i definitely watched the entire episode holding him and like letting him Look at the screen. <laughs> you will like Star Wars. <laughs> Try to indoctrinate him at a young age. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, any other, any other watchings? Um, no, I think that's it for my consumption. I have two more in here. One I mentioned earlier, Homeland, which I'm burning through the last season. Wasn't a fan of the first couple episodes. I thought it was like really slow and clunky, but it picked up. And like the next like four, we're like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh, so curious where it's gonna go. We're at the point where I'm like at the eighth episode of twelve. Don't, don't ask me. Something like that. There's like four, or I think left, and uh, like a couple of characters were introduced. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I don't have time for this. Like, there's a lot of threads that you need to tie up. <laughs> It is a little late the game to be adding important-ish characters. That, that suck. Oh, even better. Yeah. Anyway, watching that, looking forward to wrapping it up and uh, putting that on the shelf. And I started watching Sora's Visions. I watched three episodes. Okay, so I think you saw basically about the same amount as I have. I really, really enjoyed the samurai one. Yeah, like that the, one was cool. Um, the <coughs> black and white. That was really awesome. So how ridiculous was that umbrella thing? That was so cool. I mentioned that to you as like yeah. a like a, a teaser to look forward to in the episode. Lightsaber. That, that was, was awesome. ridiculous. Uh, I forget what the second one was. I liked the, it too, though. The second one. Oh, the band. The yeah, Scott Pilgrim that, one. That was, that was basically yeah. The Scott Joseph Gordon Levitt voiced the uh, main. Oh, character. did he? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even realize that was actually. And I think like like Bobby Moynihan was one of them. I think I can't remember the names, uh, but there was there was a bunch of. Of, of big names on the English voice actor side. You know, I didn't even think to look at any of the actors for that show. Um, that's funny. I really liked that one. That one had a great vibe. It's like, and you were absolutely right. Like definitely felt like Scott Pilgrim. Like it had, like, yeah. it was just really entertaining. I didn't care for the next one, the twins. I, I kind of liked it, but it was probably the one I was least interested of those three. Yeah. I think that might have been the last one I watched as well. I, I don't know if I watched it I may it have started the next one, but I didn't get through it yet. Okay. But, um, yeah, I haven't got back to it since I mentioned it on the show. Yeah, so I got some visions under my belt, and I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Very cool, the idea of the, like each one being so drastically different. Yeah, I, I like, like that, that each one's like visually unique and all. Making these stories of these characters, like these one-off, like this is a very full universe of people living in it. So, like, here's some stories. It was a really cool idea. Yeah. Sweet. Well, we're both watching Book of Boba Fett. More on that after the credits. But unless you have anything else, I think it's time for some fun and games. Yes. So we missed last week. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to use the movie that I picked for last week. That makes sense. But okay. I'm going to hold on to it. Interesting. Something else came to mind. Okay. And uh, I'm going to pull the movie up in front of me so I have... Okay. And it's not loading. There we go. Whenever you're ready, let the questioning come in. Okay. Did this movie come out in the year 2000 or later? Yes. Okay. Is this movie based on IP? Yes. Okay. Is it in the superhero genre? No. Interesting. Okay. Is this movie part of a series of movies? Yes. Is this movie series still ongoing? (laughs) Say that. Say the question again. Is the movie series that this movie is a part of still ongoing? No. Okay. No. Oh, no. It's 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 a weird one. I'm saying I'm saying no based on the phrasing of the question. No. So this is something that's been rebooted then. <clears throat> Sometimes you don't you don't expect a question like that that's really in three for a loop. Um. <laughs> okay. But it's not a superhero one. Huh. Interesting. Did this movie come out in the aughts? Yes. That's six. Okay. Okay. Which was a weird question number to highlight. I just forgot to say it at five. (laughs) (laughs) I was question nine and three quarters. (laughs) Um, Okay. Is this movie an ensemble movie? Yeah. Okay. Ensemble. Ensemble movie IP. Technically not ongoing series aughts. Have I definitely seen this movie? Yes. Okay. Have we done this movie or any of the movies in its series on the show? Mm, no. No. <laughs> no. No. That's such a confusing answer to me. <laughs> I had no. to think. No, we. I don't think we did. Let's not know this is episode 180. I feel like I would know if we... I, I feel like I would remember doing it. Okay. Do it. Okay. No, that's fine. That's nine. Yes. For sticking with. <laughs> okay. Every um, three questions now. Except for the first three. Right. Except for your three fastest. They call that the silent three. <laughs> um, is this going back to the fart thing? or? <laughs> it's in a jar. <laughs> it's my fart in a jar. <laughs> okay. Um, huh. Ensemble, that's not a superhero movie. That's getting me. Hmm. And you wouldn't try and torture me by going right back to the same well that I stumped you on with and going with The Two Towers, which is the 20th anniversary of that movie this year. Huh. No, I know it's still nine. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Ensemble movie. That's so confusing me. Ensemble movie that's based on IP that's not superhero. It can't be like Star Wars because that's not based on IP unless you're giving a lot of benefit to like the hidden fortress. You know, it's funny. Um, I probably would have like my gut answer to the IP question. If it were a Star Wars thing, probably would have just been yes, because it's there's so much Star Wars. And I would have been thinking like it's a license, but no, 
It's yeah. not a Star Wars thing. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I, I, I know it's not because it's not based on IP. I, it's and it has launched a whole bunch of IP. <laughs> sure. Um, damn it. Is it? Is it? <sighs> Man, I feel so torn here. Jeez, I have no idea what to ask here. That's going to help me. Hmm. Did the movie take place more or less contemporarily with when it came out? <laughs> I, I don't know how to answer it. Yes. Ah, I hate, I hate, I hate the, the indecision. I don't like the indecision. <laughs> the only thing I can say is it's not no, but it's a yes with an asterisk. <laughs> That's confusing. Yeah, I know. I think it'll make sense later. <laughs> That's 10. <laughs> I wasn't expecting another update till 12. <laughs> um, fuck. You could do genre. You could try to maybe do, I don't know if you could do cast or you could do, I don't know. There's, there's stuff you haven't tapped into yet. I know, but I feel like I'm going to like get lost down a rabbit hole real quick and get zero return on my investment mm, of questions. That's fair. Um, okay. Yeah, I guess. Is it like an, any sort of like action adventure movie? I, I don't want to mislead you. Adventure is one of the genres. Adventure is one of the genres. I wouldn't necessarily call it. I wouldn't call it action adventure. Okay. But that's 50% of what you asked. So I feel like I had to, you know? That's yeah. something. I mean, is it comedic? N- like, is it a comedy? Yeah. No. Okay. Oh, God, this is frustrating. That was 12. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jeez, I have nothing. I have, I have nothing to go on here. <laughs> I'm hung up on this time period thing. Yes, asterisk. Hmm. Just yes, I guess. Well, I'm trying to see if there's anything I can like parse from that to sure. figure out. Like, is it like you know, 95 percent of the movie takes place contemporary, but like the rest of it doesn't, and it's because it's in a different time period or it's in a different universe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, trying to figure out like, is this is does that like jog something in my memory like where I should pursue or whatever? Gotcha. Because <sighs> like, you know, The Matrix. I know it's not The Matrix. That's 1999, right? But like. The Matrix takes place contemporary to when it's come, like in the Matrix, but in reality, it's far in the future of that, right? Like, yeah, I feel like the Matrix would have been no asterisk. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm getting at. Though, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Like, that's good um, though. That you're, I think that's good that you're thinking about that. Yeah, so I just want to let you know, like that. Like, I'm not trying to like get you in like like a like a gotcha type of thing. I'm sure. trying to say, like like what would the asterisk be? Because that I mean, me? to be very clear, and if the listeners haven't figured it out already, like. I'm not a competitive person. I'm very much rooting for you to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you don't do it to potentially like obsc- obscure, but I-, I know also you don't want to like give away much more than what I'm actually asking, you know, in the, in the effort of this being interesting. Um, I mean, the answer is probably going to be no, but like, was it nominated for any major Oscars? No. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, d- definitely no. Okay. I feel like I would I would know that. Oh, major is like the actor, the director. No, yeah, that's thirteen. That also has a three in it. <sighs> Does this movie have anything to do with the reunion special we were discussing earlier? Yes. 
<laughs> See, I finally got there. I finally got, well, what is contemporary more or less asterisk? Okay. How many questions do I have left? Six? Six. Five and a guess? That's right. Of course, there's eight movies. Sure. Was this movie directed by Christopher Columbus? Yes. <laughs> Does this movie have Dobby the House Elf in it? No. Is this movie Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? It is! <laughs> 17 questions. I was like, when you said that you were watching it, my, I, like when what we're watching, I was like, oh no. <laughs> That's the movie I picked. And then when you said question nine and three quarters, I was like, oh, it's going to suck if he doesn't get it. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. You got there. You. you got there. But yeah, you, you get it. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's yeah. contemporary-esque. <laughs> I mean, in their universe, it was taking place contemporary. Right? Sure. But it's also an <laughs> entirely fictional realm. It's also magic land. <laughs> yeah. But it, like, it is it is the UK in the late 90s, when that, sure. or early 2000s, whatever. You know, yeah. Movie, the books were written in the 90s. Um, okay, Excellent. Cool. Well, I'm glad you got it. 17 questions. Good job. I feel like... I mean, if I were to pick any of the other ones, which one would have screwed you up? I wonder, like, there's definitely, like, a, ser- a way of, like, asking questions where you could have gotten lost with only six left and gotten into, the like, the, the toss-up. Well, that's why I was trying to, like, because that was the, what you ran into the last one with The Lord of the Rings, right? Where you had two, you had one question, one guess for three movies. And I, I, I thought about it more even after we were done. I really don't know how you could properly, like, it, no matter which way you did it, it was going to come down to a coin flip of mm-hmm. either you the other two. Uh, you got the two out of it and you got the one or you were fucked and it's a pure 50-50. Like there was no one true way to parse it down. Yeah. I guess the by asking any question that that eliminates at least one I am at least getting down to 50-50. Yeah. Which is sure. which is good. With that, I think it's time for our flick of the week. Spider-Man No Way Home. Released in 2021, rated PG-13 with a 2-hour and 28-minute runtime. With Spider-Man's identity now revealed, Peter asks Dr. Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear, forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. Um, that's your IMDb synopsis. Man, oh man, what a treat. I'm so glad that on the episode prior to this, you told me your score. And, uh... Now, why don't you give me your hot take to go with it? A triumph of writing and performance that gives rare heart and soul to both our heroes and villains, legitimately affecting either the funniest dark movie or darkest funny movie I've seen in a while. <laughs> 10 out of 10 web slingers. Nice. Nice. Couldn't agree more. An absolutely brilliant culmination of decades of superhero movies. Spider-Man Far From Home is far greater than the sum of its parts. 10 out of 10 multiverses. Nice. Uh, dude. Spoil. First off, um, we we I normally don't give the disclaimer beforehand, but I think I'm gonna start to start doing it before. We we are going into spoilers. We're trying to just talk about the movie as two people that saw the movie. So there will be spoilers here. If you have not seen this movie, stop. You have to go see the movie. <laughs> it's that good. That's not just like Marvel fanboy stuff. No. Like we're 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 here for all the Marvel things, but like we're not propaganda for them. We don't get paid by them. We watch them because we enjoy them. We don't enjoy all of them the same level. Some are better than others. Mm-hmm. This is one of them that yeah. is much better than yeah, the this others. This one definitely rises to the top. Um, you had mentioned last week, it's a top three for you as far as MCU movies are concerned. Yes. I couldn't agree more. 
It's my phone just fell out of my pocket. That's the uh, the curse of the sweatpants. Yes. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We open up. Everybody knows. I like. You know what I liked about this movie? I we you know you left off on a cliffhanger of like, <laughs> oh my god, everybody knows who I am. And rather than like show you the fallout of that, like and what has happened, and like kind of kind of backfill some story, it's like no, we're just gonna keep shooting, <laughs> like <laughs> from that moment on. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was really awesome. It's just diving right into it, and uh, dear, the concept of like everybody finding out who he is is isn't new to me. I'm not familiar with like any storylines. Like that, in spite I'm of sure there stuff. must be some somewhere. Um, sure. But yeah, actually, even to piggyback off what you were saying about this picking up right away, I mean, when you think about it, these three movies take place over the course of like it feels like a few weeks. Like, it's, it's not. Like a, it's a crazy weekend. <laughs> it's not like right because I think there's probably like a summer between the semesters of like right. <laughs> the first movie and the second movie, but then the second. So either way, like this is a really tight snapshot. Of, well, I mean, I guess there's technically there's the five year time jump between the first one and the second one, right? But like they come back from yeah, but for the him, snap. <laughs> yeah, and it feels like it picks up right away, right? Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, the whole thing feels very condensed down into like a snapshot of a very specific time in Peter's life, whereas mm-hmm. like the original trilogy of movies took place over the course of several years, right? We we saw him the beginning in high school, he graduates high school, he's in college, and you know you could say that that whole movie probably takes place over the course of roughly a year mm-hmm. right the second one feels like it it takes place it picks up you know what probably a year or two after the events of the first one and it takes place over the course of it's, a couple of months it's like, it's like eight months isn't it or something like that something like that yeah. whatever yeah and then you know the third one seems to take place probably a couple of years after the second one mm. you know a year or two after the second one it takes place again over the course of several months or something like that it feels like um this one each movie takes place over the course of like a day or three. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it's crazy. in a very tightly condensed pocket of time. And that includes like Avenger stuff happening interspersed with what's happening in the movies too. Like, sure. And of course it's like, it's a little hyperbolic, right? Cause they, you know, they went on a trip, they were away for days. They, you know, Peter and MJ's relationship grows a little bit. There's, I feel like there's a little bit of a jump between the opening of the movie and where it goes right after that. But like, but two not weeks. like a, yeah, not like anything crazy. I think what's awesome is I was expecting, like, I was expecting it to be a non-issue. The whole, um, you killed Mysterio thing. And, like, that there would be, like, some footage on the Edith glasses or something that just clears his name. No big deal. But the fact that they, like, pull in, like, the whole, we're going to make, like, a little bit of a legal battle thing out of this. Um, Now, was that specifically just to bring Matt Murdock in? It it must have been, right? And I was glad to. We talked about that a few weeks back. It's amazing. And they did a really good job of keeping that under wraps because I did not know. Like, I had kind of half wondered whether he might be introduced in some way or other. Sure. I didn't think he was going to literally come back fully into it and be like a character. A small one, admittedly. Right. Would have actually, actually him, been cool yeah. to see him be in it a bit more. But it, that whole thing with him being. He, he slipped right back into the character. He was him from the show. Yeah. Catching the brick. It was great. Yeah. I'm, I'm a really good lawyer. I mean, <laughs> And that's like that's that heart and comedy that those Spider-Man movies have, right? Yeah, like it's kind of slapstick almost. Like, <laughs> oh, there's always been slapstick in this series. It feels like John Watts is the director. I don't know what else he's done, but um, it feels like that's been a part of all of these things. Right. Like, you know, when he's in the first one, when he's trapped in that vault, and he's like, "How long's it been?" And she's like, 45 minutes." He's like, "What?" what? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's so good. Suit lady. Yeah, suit lady. I feel lady. weird That's calling cool. you suit lady. Can I call you Karen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I like the... Um, Tom Holland's great. And, like, dealing with... Like, showing the character dealing with everybody knowing who he is. And, like, but not just a person having to deal with, like, their secret identity has been uncovered. It's He's a kid dealing with his like he's got too much responsibility and also his first girlfriend and his first and girlfriend. also the fate of the world maybe right <laughs> but and he like he like they're they're foisting tony freaking stark's mantle onto him and like yeah. he kind of he kind of wants it but also he also kind of knows he's not ready for it yeah yeah for sure oh man it's so good the i loved the the, the back they did a couple like back and forth like the, the facetime stuff with him and mj like they really capture like this like cute like high school romance thing they love each other it's great it's so it's just so sweet i think their chemistry is amazing yeah and they really sell me on it um i love i love ned as the third wheel yeah because they they don't hang on like the annoying aspect of that too much like they kind of give a nod to it once or twice but like you see over the course of this like a real bond between mj and ned right as well like as we both love Peter so much. Yeah. And so that's going to make us love each other, not be rivals with each other type right. of thing. It was just so, it's so, it's so good. I, uh, Ned cracks me up. I, I have a note here. It's jumping the gun a little bit, but I just have a note that says Ned is magic. And I just mean that in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> the scene with his grandmother cracked me up. Oh, like so just good. that whole thing was. Yep. More. Well, let's say, well, we'll save that yeah. one for a bit, but, um, the, I don't know, man. Oh god, I was just I'm thinking about that. Uh, the Charlie Cox thing again. Like, how did that not? How, like, that's like one of those things that's just like it's like it's all over the place. It's like a snapshot or a headline in a stupid article because people don't give a shit and they write those things. And yeah, like, like so. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Look, you won't believe who showed up in Spider Man as a headline, right. but then it's a picture of him. And right. It's like, come on, right? Yeah, thanks, thanks for that. So Peter goes to Strange. I thought it was really cool when he goes into the Sanctum Sanctorum and there's snow everywhere and this whole thing with Wong and <laughs> Doctor Strange and like he left the door open like didn't lock and you know like if you know the movies you know like exactly the part of the building they're talking about where like that <laughs> that door is to like the yes. left that was so silly to me and this whole idea that um, Doctor Strange is not the Sorcerer Supreme anymore he's been ousted because he was gone for five years and all this responsibility now <laughs> lands on him. It's just so silly. And he and he's probably way better at it, frankly. <laughs> well, you get the impression that he's not gonna get caught up in like the ego of what that means. Right. Um but he also maybe isn't as powerful as as sure. changes. So sure. there's pros and cons to that arrangement. So uh, can can I just talk about something real quick here? I know yeah. we're going to kind of get to it in a second, but it's not contrivance, right? Like, cause in order to have a movie, like something has to go wrong, right? This is not a plot contrivance. It's not a, sorry. It's contrivance, not a plot hole. Like there's a difference, mm -hmm. but all of this is Dr. Stranger's fault, mm -hmm. right? Which 100%. I got a little mad about how mad he was at Peter and so some of it's I. probably def deflection. And I actually would have been okay with it. If at the end he kind of implicitly, is like, hey, listen, we all kind of made a mistake out of all of this, and I respect the sacrifice you're making, Peter, but, like, he throws this all in Peter's lap. 
But if you actually were serious about doing a good job of this thing that you already know is a dangerous spell, right. don't you think you would have had some sort of planning meeting before the spell just starts? Oh, let me just do the thing based on the gist of what you told me. But you no. know what? Peter, what do you actually want? Oh, yeah. yeah, can we just make sure that everyone except for these three people don't know I'm Spider-Man? Sure, Peter, we can do that. Right. Right. Well, you know what's crazy, though, also, like, it's, it is actually, I feel like it's good writing for that character, because that's who he is, right? He is, Doctor Strange is that, no, it's everybody else's fault, person. No, yeah, but it's also the ego thing of, yeah, yeah. oh, the spell's dangerous, I can do it. Like, right. you know, but, like, no, yeah, you could do it if you planned for it and did it properly, and mm. because you didn't, the kid does the kid thing, mm-hmm. and it distracts you, and then you fuck up. It's <clears> like, <throat> no, if you had fucking planned from the beginning, you know what? You could have planned from the beginning and then said, Peter, wait outside. And then lock the door magically. And then you can't get distracted when you do the spell. No, right. we wouldn't have this awesome movie right. if he did that. Sure. But like, at some point, could we get a little bit of fucking accountability? No, you can't. Dr. Stephen like, Strange? He is. <laughs> call me Stephen. Don't, don't call me Dr. Stephen. Still sounds weird. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of like, too, that when he gets pissed at him. Actually, let's go back to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, you're absolutely right. Um it's contrived just to make that story happen, which is fine because everything is like in all movies. There's but like, you know, though, if, I, I get that this is Peter's movie. And we're going we're gonna to look at Peter's growth in this movie, but can he grow up too? Like, like if you're going to, he's a fairly important to the movie and he's going to be very important to what goes on for, I'm not saying that he comes out on the other end, like perfect, but like, could he learn a little bit too in the long, along the way? Right. He doesn't really, he learns a little bit about compassion, right? Because he respects what Peter does trying to rehabilitate all of the villains. I also, yeah, I, uh, but I also really liked the idea that like part of him knows he shouldn't do it, but there is, he has the guilt around like all Peter has already done at Mm -hmm. what? 15 years old, 16 years old. So like, he's like, I guess, yeah, I guess they're close to 18 because they're leaving um, the next year. But like, I don't know, like the, that I, I really appreciated that piece of it. Right. Like, I don't know. We went through some shit. We saved the planet. You deserve a little something. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. But then, but then, yeah, it's like it's like a half-ass job because he didn't like really want to put all the effort in because it wasn't totally half cocked. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> not half cocked. But <laughs> nice. <laughs> if you, sl- I would, I wouldn't have put it past you to slip that in there that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the way that it happens, well, visually, was really cool. Like everything exploding around them and like the world being recreated. Yeah. It was kind of bonkers. It's a pretty awesome like visual gags like that. I love <laughs> you didn't wait. So you didn't even ask. You didn't like even appeal the decision first. You just came to me and asked me to do magic. <laughs> you, wait, you can do that? <laughs> <laughs> now that was after the fact, right? That was after what? the botch spell that they talk about that? It was after the botch spell that he thinks that he contained. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So <clears throat> when we get, uh, Peter goes onto the bridge, right? And he's going to appeal to the woman from the school who could hopefully get MJ back in. Makes his case, makes it well. She's ready to give them all a good word, which is awesome. Um, when he's on that overpass, I'm like, oh, man, like, we're already here. Like, this is great. Like, there's going to be so much to this movie <laughs> because like, these are the scenes from the theater uh, from the trailers where like, we're already going to start to see villains from other universes coming like right now. And yeah. sure enough, it starts happening. And it's like that fight with Doc Ock is awesome. And the whole mechanic, like the writing is great. 
but like there's so many levels of it, right? There's like the writing of the relationships. There's the long-term relationships on top of the, like the ones within this movie. There's the canonical stories that are going on. There's now mixing in multiple universes. And on top of all of that, there's like somebody who's like super dedicated to what can we do with the tech? And like how <laughs> he can like assimilate the, the tentacles with the nanobots from his suit. Yeah, yeah. That was basically so more advanced awesome. AI technology, right? <laughs> yeah, it was so good. That like I was like, is this is that is this what's happening? And then he freezes it and he starts moving the hands. And and there you go. And then and you know what? Time for insert laugh here. Yeah. And like that's exactly what they did. And it's so it's so entertaining. And they let all of them like kind of ham it up, right? They let Peter ham it up while he's playing with the suit. But even before that, when he says, I should have killed your girlfriend, and he goes, What? And he pulls out the four arms yeah, and he yeah. turns and looks at his tentacles and goes, Looks like we've got competition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. He didn't age at all. <laughs> I mean, he aged a little bit, but uh, they did a. I think having the glasses on probably helps some, but Maybe. Uh, Maybe. they must have they must have dabbed on a little bit of CGI anti aging. Oh, uh, that's that's a good point. That's probably what's going on. You know what? Um, I feel like pumpkin bombs were way more devastating in this universe. <laughs> that probably also comes down to just better CGI. <laughs> yeah, my guess. Um, like huge fireballs. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that yeah, that was cool. Getting the recognition of like Otto recognizing Norman Osborn, mm-hmm. but him not recognizing him at first, but then kind of getting, oh yeah, you're that other scientist guy. But when he had died, Dr. Octopus didn't exist yet, so he right. didn't like make that connection. But when Octavius had been, he remembers what's his name becoming Green Goblin and dying and all yeah. that sort of stuff like that. The way that that layers on and on and on ends up being really cool. Well, yeah, especially, yeah, especially like, you know, we get all of the villains that they decide to bring in for this film. And then that that's one of those, like uh, for a movie that has a lot of heart, a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, super dark, like in that moment, like, Oh, we all died. Like, and then when they're realizing one at a time that they died. There is one thing I'll say here, though. Flint, Flint Marco never died. At least not in the that canon. He didn't? He just kind of, no, he just kind of whisked away in the wind. Is it, isn't that the death of Sand? No, but he, <laughs> like, made, he made the choice to leave and stop being a criminal. He went into the thought. wind and he went, Spy. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't die in that movie, though. Like, he makes a choice. Remember, he backs off when Harry gets stabbed by Venom-ish thing. Mm. And I really don't remember. I, I trust you because I. He's I like, I never wanted any of this to happen, and he backs off the fight when Harry got stabbed, and then they defeat um, okay. Topher Grace, and what's his name just kind of wisps away into the wind. Well, so you see, that's what's interesting, right? It was like, what are well, what are the rules? I don't really care what the rules are. They just like let's see who we could pull back in for this. No, all the but everything else, like all the other characters did die, right? Like so they did, but the other the thing that they were hanging on to was that they all knew. That Spider-Man was Peter Parker. But they did all know by the time they died. Did they? Does, does Electro know? I don't think he ever found out. I never actually saw that whole movie. No. <clears throat> I don't think he knew. That's why I was a little confused about that. I, I assumed he did because doesn't he intentionally go after and kill Gwen because of her relationship with Peter? I don't remember. She gets caught up in the haps and... I what I remember about that movie is that very dark scene is that Spider-Man kills Gwen. 
because he webs her. Wrong. He's he's responsible for her death. They didn't kill her. Yeah, I don't know if she hit the. She might have been paralyzed if she hit the floor the way that she was going down. But because he stopped it and she smacked her head on it. By the way, how incredible was that redemption arc? Oh, so I almost good. I almost cried watching Andrew Garfield cry. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because I'm like, oh man, could you imagine? Oh fuck, this isn't even my girlfriend, but I gotta make it right. I gotta make it right for one of us. Yeah. And he doesn't trust it, but he still does it. And then when he, even after he did it, he still doesn't like believe that he succeeded. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. Oh my God. Why are you crying? And it's like, she doesn't have any of that no. backstory. doesn't know at all, but like she can tell what that meant. That was a really powerful scene. Yeah. And to be able to see him like, and then smile through on the back end of that. And it's like, to know that he could finally heal because, we, you know, obviously we never saw it in those movies. Redemption we, we, song playing in the background. <laughs> we, we know that there's must have been him par- him coming from the parallel universe is obviously some time past the end of the events of two. And it's like right. he's gone down the Ben Affleck Batman hole of becoming cruel. Yeah. Right. Because Spider-Man's never cruel except for like you know like like when he has the the venom thing on him right like like or like when he first kills the guy who he thought kills uncle ben like like two times that we saw that really um at least in the movie like, i'm yeah. not sure about comic stuff but i don't remember that being as big of a storyline as it was with obviously that batman storyline mm-hmm. when he gets because there's multiple different versions of when he does that right yeah no, um i thought that was really cool that was to awesome. see that it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of they do some stuff like this in Curb Your Enthusiasm once in a while. There was a, a famous one where they took, um, oh, the, Bill Buckner, um, who played for the Red Sox in the 80s. And he, it's a, it's a super famous play because the, and serious because the Red Sox hadn't won the World Series in like 70 years at that point. And they're facing the Mets. And there's a ground ball hit to Bill Buckner that would end the series and the Red Sox would win. He lets the ball. I forget. Did he drop a pop up or it goes between his legs? I forget. Was well, something like that. And so, in curb your enthusiasm. They he they they put him in the show as himself, and he has a chance to redeem himself when there's a house on fire and someone has to throw their baby out of the window to like one of those trampolines. Uh-huh. And I think the baby like bounces off the trampoline and he catches the baby. And so when he had been totally vilified in <laughs> real life for missing the play, because the Mets came back and won the series after all of that, he now gets praised and he's lifted up on like people's shoulders because like, that's what it reminded me of. Right. Where it's like, funny. he drops Gwen and kills her. Well, doesn't drop Gwen, right? Like doesn't do the thing. Right. And the laws of physics. You, you said you didn't that. see that one, right? I I've saw pit, bits of that movie. I've seen that scene where she uh, dies. I was gonna say that uh, the snap sound is uh, <laughs> better or worse. Which is the better neck snapping sound, that one or Deus? Ooh, uh, yeah, the, I, it's the Deus one. I still can't. No, I, that's the, yeah. It made the, me uncomfortable. The too. pop is very very unsettling. Both of them make use of the same trick of a lot of sound and action going on, and then. Cuts for the second where the pop happens. Yep. Nope. Nope. But, uh, you know what it is? It's because you, you see it happen in Deus. That's what makes it worse. It's the sound with the visual. Now, now that you've uh, you brought up Andrew Garfield, I will say, going into the movie, like I knew the villains were going to be there. I was hopeful that we would see the other Spider-Man, but I didn't know for sure. I wasn't convinced. No, we, we knew they were going to be in it. The question had always been for me was just how much. 
I didn't I didn't know for, that they were going to be in it. I thought at the most I thought maybe they would be like a post credit scene. Oh, I thought it was pretty well established that they were both shown they were both seen on set. Okay. I didn't know I was staying really far away from it. So I didn't know and I was like we're getting That was there. like a year ago that we heard <laughs> that like and when Ned goes like um what does he say like Find Peter Parker. I was like, yeah. oh my god, they're going to do it. <laughs> and then it opens up. I'm like, it's not actually our Peter Parker. It's not our Peter Parker. It's another <laughs> one. It's another one. And when he comes through, the the introduction of them, the non-trusting MJ, <laughs> prove it. <laughs> he hangs from the ceiling by his fingertips. Oh, it's so good. He's like, can, can you clean that, cl- that cobweb? <laughs> yeah. Is that enough for you now? <laughs> yeah. So good. Uh, and then, of course, doing it one more time, and I'm like, "Well, now, now, I, now I'm confident, right?" <laughs> it's like, yeah. this is gonna be him, Tobey Maguire coming in, super awesome." Um, maybe my favorite thing about it was the three of their banter and talking about the web shooting, <laughs> and Tobey Maguire's got his, and he's like, "Well, so you've never had to deal with like running out of web." Well, actually, <laughs> there, was, there was there was a time where it just like didn't work. <laughs> yeah, um, I think my favorite part of having them all together, and there was a lot of great parts of it, was they loved each other so much. They did. It was adorable. They like just met each other like an hour ago, and I they loved each other brothers. so much. Oh, uh, it was so obvious, <laughs> all of them, and like you could like it felt real, right? Like you, you kind of felt like that extended beyond what was happening on camera. Like the the three of them seemed to really enjoy just hanging out together. And they're like, I, I could have even seen them like, just like shooting that scene and being like, Where's "Hey guys, just do some, just do some, yeah, <laughs> just do some science banter or like, here, read the some like cliff notes of like your movies and just like riff on some of the things that happened." Like, I, I, my villains were kind of lame. Like one of them was a lizard, and another <laughs> this guy inside of a rhinoceros thing, and this guy <laughs> who fell into a thing of eels. <laughs> You're amazing, <laughs> which is so great because he was yep. amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> so good. Oh, my goodness. I also love when they were all in the lab together. And Ned goes, Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parker. We're all Peter Parker now. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Oh, my goodness. Um, the well, You said like they all love each other. But Andrew Garfield does say, I love you guys. And they're both like, thanks. <laughs> But but even beyond that, like not being able to deal with that it, it, that emotional intimacy, like they were so supportive of each other, right? Like, hey, oh, I got a little back thing to you. I'm gonna crack your back, buddy. And it's like, yeah, sure. And it's oh like, my hey, God, you the know, back crack was great. You know, you know, talking about the different things with the web and how, like, you know, how tough it was to have a girlfriend die or to have trouble with this with that or my uncle Ben died or my aunt May died and all those things. Like that was all. Great, I, you know it's it's pretty incredible. Like I should have seen there being a legitimate chance. I think maybe because he had already become Spider Man because it was so long down his time. I just didn't think May could die. Sure, that was intense. And then it happens. It's like, oh no, no, she's probably fine and all because she like gets up and she's doing stuff. And then it's like, oh, you're watching her fade in real time. And it's like, <clears> no, <throat> that was hard to watch. Yeah, and then but oh, but to to bring back the great power, great responsibility line from her, and then to have him start to say it and have one of them finish it. That really gave me chills. Yeah. That was so good. I, uh, <coughs> sorry, just thinking about it. you had said like, Oh yeah, my villains were sucked, sucked and all that stuff. And when they were like, when Tom Holland's like, we got to work together on this one. Like, um, I've worked on a team before. Like I was in the Avengers and they're like, who are the Avengers? Are you in a band? <laughs> <laughs> 
that that was great too. But I was like, I was in the Avengers. Really? Yeah, that's so cool. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> they really just seem that they were having such a good time. It's great too, right? Because they were in MCU movies that they weren't. They didn't have the rights to even have the existence of the Avengers in those movies, right. and so they don't even know what Avengers are. Oh my goodness, that's they so don't know good. who Tony Stark is, the Stark Tower, and sure. all that. Whereas he doesn't have Norman Osborn because he's not allowed to have Norman Osborn. Mm-hmm. Who's Osborne? What's Oscorp? Like, oh, you guys don't have Oscorp? Like, no, it's Stark Industries, I guess, right? So, oh man, that's too funny. The uh, I will say, I'm glad they didn't because they didn't want him to die. But at the same time, I almost feel like it was a little bit of a cop out to let Tobey Maguire survive getting stabbed through the middle. A little bit. Also, like as soon as he jumped in front of him, like he's gonna get stabbed. In the Especially with how long is... they were standing there. It's like, and also full circle on Norman getting stabbed. Yeah, well, I mean, sure. The longer he stood there, it's like, okay, no, he's definitely getting stabbed now. Yeah. Like, but, um, but it was almost there was almost something amazing about that scene, like where he, like he know, like it seems like the character knows the danger involved, but also knows that it's very important. Who's gonna that, put his back to a psychotic Norman Osborn? Yeah, but he like he's like it's very important to save. No, absolutely. But it's from, like you know, could you imagine the cognitive dissonance of I may have to sacrifice myself to save psychotic Stark raving mad. Norman Osborn, who's right. been trying to kill me and my family for quite some time. Well, like in the past, but then he died, but now Dude, he's back. And he's what a performance, though, by Willem Dafoe. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's Willem Dafoe. But he's so good at it. The thing is, all of them were so good, because mm. Avril Molina's really good, too. Yeah, and was. he was really good, compelling villain in the first one, too, because he doesn't just go stark raving mad. Like, he gets driven mad by that thing, and he's a tragic fi- figure. You watch his wife die. Mm-hmm. You see his grief plus <coughs> the grief of his wife plus the grief of his project all being torn asunder. And on top of that, having the added influence of he tried to do the right thing with the AI thing. Like, right. Cause Norman is a tragic figure, but he brings his own doom on himself, right? Mm-hmm. In his own ego and his rush to get things right, he skips past the trials and he does it to himself, right? Like, this guy actually did think of all the problems and a totally fluky freak accident right. ruined it, right? Cause like the chip. Seems to work at the beginning, and yeah. the chip gets fried in a totally random thing, and that's what drives him over the edge. But there was like real humanity to him, and obviously you you do it too with Norman. You're turning him into a homeless man who's confused, and my my where's my son, and where's my company, and there's someone living in my house, and I don't know where I am or who I am. Right. But like it felt even more so with like with with Otto, especially because he's the first one who draws the conclusion that when he sees Norman, he knows Norman's dead. Right. Yeah. So he's the first one to know, like, this is not right. Yeah, he's like, he's like the super smart guy who's able to piece everything together. Oh, man. And then to see when, you know, the, the computer chip gets taken and fixed, that he literally does the face turn, right? Like, he... Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, like, you know, and you don't know, too, because he just totally disappears off the map. But he, you know, he comes back and he really legitimately does... He's, he's basically willing to sacrifice himself right. to make things right, which is pretty great and he doesn't have to but it, it, and to watch that it was so touching to watch those reunions with each of the villains with their peter parker mm. as they're being fixed to, you know peter dear boy how are you yeah that, that was that was such a great moment because awesome. they were friends before he went crazy yep he was like so impressed by him you know you've gotten so old you know you're you've got you've grown up so much you know and and they never really tell you, but you kind of get the hint that him and Mary Jane have a family and are somehow kind of making it work in their own 
fraught way. Yep. Ugh. It's so good. It was such a good movie. So the other the other cool aspect, um, Spider-Man trapping Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension. With math. With math and stealing his uh, his little ring so that Ned could yeah. have it and do magic was amazing. Yes. <laughs> also, when Ned accidentally sparks the sky for a second, and he's like, <laughs> Mary Jane's like, what? Or MJ, not Mary Jane. Um, it's like, what, do do that again. What did you do? It's like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Oh man, the I gotta say, absolutely devastating ending. Yeah, like really, like after such an incredible ride, just the biggest gut punch. Yeah, because I mean, we I guess we all kind of knew that Spider Man's. Peter Park, like the Peter Parker aspect, he's kind of Sisyphus, right? Where he has to keep trying and it keeps failing and blowing up in his face mm. no matter what. And this is the first time we've really legitimately seen Peter walk away in any format, right? Because in the original one, he kisses Mary Jane and then walks away from her. Yeah. But they keep coming back together and coming back together and they end up together. Yeah. And then in The Amazing Spider-Man, we see... Peter make the promise to Captain Stacy and he breaks up with Gwen seconds after her father dies. Yeah. <laughs> and then not the best timing. <laughs> makes a joke like a week later how I was never good at following rules or following rules isn't fun and it's like she is dealing with the loss of her father <laughs> and you're playing games with her heart too yeah. like the fuck could play games with my heart. Yeah, I didn't mean to go full uh, boy band on you, but <laughs> here we are. Um, and, you know, and then it results in her death, right? So this is the first one that we legitimately see in a way that feels final, in a way that makes you wonder what the status of um, those two actors, Zendaya and um, what's his name? Tom Holland. Uh, no, no, Ned, no. Ned, um, uh, yeah, Ned. This is J- Jacob uh, something. Please hold. I think it's Jacob something. I think it is too. <clears throat> I've lost my. Uh, but it makes you wonder whether the two of them. Jacob. Ba- is it Battleon or something like that? Yeah. Um, it makes you wonder if they continue on in the series because they he doesn't try and fix it. He doesn't leave any clues or breadcrumbs to how to get there. He he takes his information out with him. Just a really intense coffee purchase. Yeah, which yeah, there's a she even seems to have a, a little of, bit of like a butterfly things going on. T- tension and awkward, and and I will say they they certainly left the door open, right? Because she says, "You better come back and tell me, because otherwise I'll just figure it out again." Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, they they leave it open that that could happen again. Now, who knows? It's, it's actually a little worrisome. Even like Tom Holland has talked about taking a break from acting and stuff like that. Yeah, um, which I mean, I you know, more power to him, I guess. But like greedily. I want to keep seeing him do this role that he keeps I want. Asking. I want eight more Spider-Man movies. Like, yeah. I yeah, agree. and keep telling stories in this world because I they've really distilled this formula down into something that was incredible in this one. And maybe they can't match that again with the next one. And so maybe it would become diminishing returns. I don't know. But like between the director and those three leads, plus the little dash of like, you know, whether it be John Favreau or whoever else has been in there. Uh, extended wake even flash what's his name um i always think of him as the from Z- was it zero mustafa from uh grand budapest hotel i always think oh. of him from 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 that role but um 
Yes. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he's been, he's, he's good at Flash, and they use him the just exact right amount. Right? Yeah. They don't, if anymore, he would probably start to get annoying, but it's kind of fun. Him writing the book, my, my best friend Spider-Man or yeah. whatever. I, you know what, what still gets me? It's one of my favorite lines from the, from, what was it? Far From Home. I can't actually, not favorite scenes, I should say, because I don't remember the actual line. But he's like, I don't know, Spider-Man, he's just so cool. What up, dickhead? <laughs> well, it was great, too, when he sees it on his phone at no! the beginning of the movie. No! And then he turns it around, and he's, 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 he's friends with Peter now, too. And it's like, you know, somehow he's found a way to, you know, his love of Spider-Man outweighs Outweigh his hatred nature. of Peter. Absolutely. <laughs> that so was good. actually kind of touching. Like, you know what? I've come to terms with this. We're kind of buddies now. Yeah. But it's mostly because I'm profiting off of knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I when it ended, I was thinking like, okay, well, I'm, I I refuse to accept that this Peter and MJ won't be together. So I'm going to say that, given the multiverse is exploding <laughs> because of other things going on in the MCU, that maybe Doctor Strange can revert some of this stuff for him at any time because it doesn't matter. Stakes are going to be much lower. The multiverse has already exploded. But how is he going to? He, even he doesn't remember him. Shit. It's actually crazy, you know, <laughs> if they were going to ever write Spider-Man out of this, this is the way you do That's it. how you do it, yeah. Because the Avengers don't remember him, Happy doesn't remember him. Oh, it's so sad. Doctor Strange doesn't remember him, he's lost everything. All he oh. gets to keep is Spider-Man, he didn't even get the cool stuff, he's got to make himself a shitty costume. Yeah, that was a pretty dope costume though, it was very shiny. Not in a good way. No, it was like a classic, it was, <laughs> it was like a classic style costume though, I liked it. It was shiny in the way that, like, Adam West Batman yeah. costume was shiny. Yeah. Which is not a good shiny. Oh, man. Because when he's the Iron Spider, that's a good shiny. That was a good shiny. Or when he's Night Monkey. That's a good mat. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Night Monkey catches on. I know. I forgot that that's what they called him, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bad nickname. <laughs> but, uh... I... I don't know. I I really wanted to watch it again before we got to do this episode. I just didn't find time in my schedule to. And, sure. and now that we've done it, I don't know that I'll find time. But I really desperately want to see this movie again. Oh yeah, I mean, I'll, day one it's out. I'll buy. I'll be buying it for sure. Yeah, I'll probably have to do the same, especially since can't trust it ending up on Disney Plus. Yeah, which I was is frustrating. The there were two post credit scenes. Oh no, yes. there was one one post credit scene in the trailer. Well, so an actual, actual trailer, which was kind of cool. I, I've been sitting on this for a while. Because me and Dominic walked out, I was like, I was like, who would have thought? And he goes, what? I was like, when was the last time there was an actual trailer? And he wasn't familiar with the phenomenon. Mm. He didn't like realize that that's why they called them trailers. I know you and me have discussed this before. I think both on and off the air yeah. of the show. And I've been excited to to get to that point with you because I know that was something that in particular you seemed interested in. We got to see an actual legitimate mm-hmm. trailer. It is. It was a trailer for a movie at the end of a movie. That was cool. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I. I would have been okay if we just ignored the Venom universe entirely. Well, it feels like a cheesy, like I never, I still haven't seen Let There Be Carnage yet. I'll, I'll probably get around to it eventually. It's yeah. probably on a streaming or something. Um, but I think they did a post credit in that, that made it obvious that he popped into the Spider-Man universe. Yeah. I forget what they did. Universe. I, I remember that as well. Um, and now they seems to have undone that. That feels like a cop out and that feels annoying to me. Like why bother then if you're just going to yank him back out of there again? Well, yank him out of there, but the symbiote got left behind. 
a little piece of it, but I mean, like, the Venom character, like, with well, Tom Hardy. Well, because that Venom character doesn't fit, I feel like, so they'll, they could they could attach another Venom and actually do a legit on-screen Spider-Man Venom, which would be really cool. I guess so. <clears throat> um, I did, like, they, they mentioned that, right? I fought an alien, or like, oh, an alien fought me once. Like, <laughs> whatever the com- like that conversation was. Like, yeah. I was, I fought aliens in space. I fought aliens yeah, he's like, here. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, I, I fought alien. I, he goes, I went, I fought out. Uh, I fought an alien too. He goes, mine was like up in outer space. He goes, that's, that's a lot. You know, <laughs> yeah, mine was kind of a black goo situation. <laughs> um, yeah, but that left that left me thinking like, oh, so maybe they will do more, like, and continue on. Like, if they maybe that's like the hint that like if we do this, we are gonna do it next time. I mean, that's probably the only real place you could go next with a Spider-Man, non-Avengers-centric Spider-Man. I also like that, at this point, they're really making it a thing since... I mean, I guess there's been, like, kind of a a nod to it since Iron Man 2, right? Introducing um, Black Widow in that. Um, Or I guess, actually, I guess they technically, they they introduced Hawkeye and Thor, and that's before that, isn't it? Um, just like the idea of having some of the crossover characters, but mm. those are more kind of like cameo type. Well, no, Black Widow wasn't a cameo. That was basically a character, but yeah. Hawkeye was basically a cameo. But I'm just like the, they've done these team ups now for a while where it's like 80, 20, like, you know, or like in Thor Ragnarok, it's like 60, 40 Thor Hulk. Right. And yeah. Then, yeah. You know, you have something like this it's, and, and even in, in, um, since homecoming, right. You know, you had Tony Stark in it. It was like 80, 20, Peter, this is like 70, 30, Dr. Strange, you know, mm-hmm. Dr. Strange. And, you know, I, uh, they've even had like nods to other things like that in Shang-Chi. And, and I think that the way that they keep doing that, where like we can incorporate stuff like this. Um, I really like that. I think it makes a lot of sense considering what a huge roster of characters that you have now at your disposal. Yeah. Why not continue to have little team ups of okay, this is a Spider-Man movie, but we're going to get a lot of Doctor Strange too. This mm-hmm. is a Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, but we could get whoever, right? Yeah, like, I think you know. the funniest one is uh, is Civil War, right? Like this is just Avengers three. Yeah, or, uh, <laughs> Avengers two point five. Two point five, yeah. <laughs> you know, because sure. it does feel very much like a continuation of that movie. Yeah, obviously, um, definitely. And, you know, in Doctor Strange, we're going to be getting, obviously, a lot of Wanda. Um, so I, I think that, that those sorts of things make a lot of sense because you can keep important characters around. Like, you know, you're not getting another Hulk movie anymore, but you can have a Thor with Hulk movie. You know, you're not going to get a Wanda Maximoff movie. You got a show, um, but that was really connective tissue and kind of a coda to that storyline because right. we didn't get to deal with the grief of losing Vision. But now we're going to get a Doctor Strange movie featuring heavily Mm-hmm. Um, Wanda. So, like, I, I think that the more opportunities they continue to take advantage of, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. I, uh, I love. It, I really man. desperately want to see As Guardians of the Galaxy. As, yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> That'll be good. I just want to watch this movie again. Yeah, I want to see. I want to catch any other Easter eggs. The only, the only like legit Easter egg that I noticed was a. Um, there was a a, a truck driving by or part oh the truck the truck with lizard in it that was parked mm-hmm. outside had a, ta- a graffiti tag on it that said ditko um one of the creators of spider-man oh yeah that's right which was kind of cool i'm sure there's like other things and then just the idea that like that little that little thing is there if you happen to notice it right like 
the amount of thought that goes into every little scene and everything that's placed in every spot in the production is like, it's really impressive. Speaking of not exactly an Easter egg, but the thing I mentioned last week that I didn't want to spoil for you, Mm. I said, I saw kind of like a meme about like this movie forming the Sinister Six, but there was only five villains and the six was the tree. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw someone made like a shirt with that. And I was like, I thought it was like a group thing or something like that. And I, so I looked, I was like, I don't know. And then when I saw the capture the tree on accident, I was like, Oh my God, that's it. That's That's the thing. That's really funny. I apologize to the listeners. I'm slowly deteriorating towards the end of this episode. My voice has dropped twice. And yeah, uh, I'm that happens all to me sometimes. Place, but I'm here. And uh, Al, do you have anything else to say about? Oh, yeah. Anything else to really to, to talk about with this movie before we wrap up? Um, no, I, I will say the, the it's funny that this movie is probably not perfectly paced, but I never felt for a second like it dragged like i wonder yeah. like for someone who wasn't like so deeply into it if, if they would feel that way sure about this because it is a long movie but everything it, I, what would they have cut from this like it's yeah. kind of a perfect tapestry like you know, even some of the quiet moments if you don't have those you don't get the heartbreaking stuff of the, of the ending right like you know if you don't get the quiet moments with may trying to teach him how to be a, like a moral man then you don't get why it's so important that Norman snaps and kills her and why it drives Peter to kill him, to mm. try to kill him. Right. You know, if you don't get the moments with him and Ned and, and MJ, you know, losing them at the end kind of would like, it's like, Oh, whatever. Like it's, it's a Spider-Man movie, not yeah. a MJ movie. Right. You know, but those little things allow. And, and to me, giving the character moments to the villains, making them empathetic characters is what, what, stands this movie away from other ones because like you you're like oh yeah no that's a bad guy you know okay fine you you don't want to kill them whatever just banish him back like i'm fully supportive of peter's original or uh, of dr strange's original plan peter's original plan of not not my problem send it back to their universe they're gonna die anyway like you can't change their fate and it's like but what if he can yeah and what if that ends up being better and who knows maybe that creates a butterfly effect that makes things terribly worse in mm-hmm. whatever way but it feels like in the same way that the villains are growing and becoming better people that the Peter Parkers were alongside of them. Yeah. Right. Like they viewed those villains as tragic figures. None of them was inherently, maybe Norman was really the only one, I guess, who was inherently out for his own personal gain and power. Right. Mm -hmm. Everyone else was trying to do something to help people and it gets twisted or we're trying to make their life a little bit better. And, you know, they fell on the, the narcissistic side of it, but it wasn't trying to get over on anyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have a couple of questions now that, that you have sparked. One, I thought it would have, well, not one, just I thought. I, it would be pretty cool if, since we knew the second time Ned opened the portal, that it's going to be Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. It would have been cool if Kristen Dunst was also there, like in the scene that was happening, and he walks through. And it closes, but like, if even if, if she's not going to be in the movie, just to like have that little nod, mm-hmm. I think would have been cool. And then the other thing I was thinking was, does Gwen? I don't. Well, you don't. You didn't see the second one fully, but does Gwen know Peter's Spider Man? I I think she does in the second one. So, in theory, she could have shown up in the universe, <laughs> and that would have been really twisted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Somebody yeah, wrote, somebody wrote that bit of it and realized how dark it was and like let's just take that off the table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember if she figured it out in the first one or not, but I think she definitely does in the second one. Mm. I had to rewatch them. I've seen the first one a couple times, but it's been a while. I've seen parts of the second one, but not enough to like have a really fully coherent picture for how the whole thing goes down. All right. So last question I have Um, in MCU Spider-Man territory. Mm -hmm. Is there an uncle Ben that died? I don't know because there's two things that may lead me to believe that there is. So like this Spider-Man has got it either worse because both of them were, (laughs) were killed. But one, he says, I can't, I, I would have to tell my aunt May and I can't tell her again. The last time was really rough. And I would assume it's because, like, the whole thing comes out, right? About, like, he feeling like Uncle Ben is dead because of something that he did type of thing. I, I, I suppose it's possible. Maybe. And that, I think that could it was just nothing. Could have just been a rough conversation. But yeah, in Far From Home, he's packing a suitcase and it says BFP on it. Oh, does it? Yeah. So I'm sure there must have been an Uncle Ben. The question is, like, does he die is a way that's indicating how Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. I mean, like doesn't necessarily have to be part of his origin story for him to have existed. Yeah. I, you know what? It was always interesting to me about the amazing Spider-Man was they were like exploring the idea like of Peter's parents badly, badly, but they were doing, they were touching on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was, I feel like like otherwise, like I have no concept of that. And I was like looking forward to seeing a little bit of that. Um, but like you said, like, like you said, badly. <laughs> um, that could have been interesting. Anyway, I was just thinking about that. So, so uh, our Peter lost potentially both Aunt May and Uncle. Yeah, seems like it. Take that, Alter Multiverse Peters. <laughs> Where's your emo Spider Man now? How great was that? That was a great meme. <laughs> that was really great. You should you should post that along with this episode. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. It was uh, that was good. I would have loved that as a post credit scene. I really would have. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Sal? No, I think that's it for this. You can say it if you want. That's all for this week's episode of Flicks and Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to flicksandthesix at thespintune.com or tweet us at thespintune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Bielsi. Thanks for coming out. There's a that that theme song for the Boba's feature fet, the theme song mm-hmm. from the Book of Boba Fett. That's like a guy screams in the beginning. Is in the beginning? I I know there's definitely some sort of yelling or yeah, screaming. I, or I want that to that. be. I want that to be how we transition into it. I can't like <laughs> hum. It, I can't like hum it now, but I know I was like it like felt natural to me humming it when I was listening to the end credits. I watched it while I was eating dinner mm-hmm. earlier. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a little bit strange. It was a little bit of a strange episode in that, like, there's the front half of the episode is where we're at now, and that's the entire back half of the episode is a dream. Not even. It's, like, the first back, 30% and the back 70%. Back 70, yeah, that's fair. Um, granted, that dream was awesome. Sure. I was surprised how heavily <clears throat> it was weighted towards that, considering they were pretty close to down the middle in the first episode. Yeah. but And didn't it, in the first episode, I can't remember. They were bouncing back and they forth. They are, right? Either. 
That's a bit. That's better in my opinion. Well, I think I, maybe when you wait it so heavily this way, it probably makes sense to do it one than the other. Sure. Like, it, it probably would have been, been like weird to have like hard to ninety seconds of like contemporary and then like five <clears throat> minutes of like past and then yeah. three minutes of contemporary and then so on and so forth. But I mean, this this uh, <laughs> this episode had it all. You know, we had we had a couple of huts. We had a just a just a badass Wookie. Yeah, he was a. He was a, a tough looking. Movie. The eyes though were a little reminiscent of the holiday special. <laughs> well, but it, I like the character design overall. the The dark fur, the yeah. with the like the highlighted like the two fringes. Um, the two like um, I can't think of the word. They call like pauldrons. Pauldrons is that what they are? Um, the two belts. Oh, sorry. I was thinking of because he had like the shoulder <laughs> thing. That's what <clears> I was thinking cool of. Those are cool too. Um, bandolier. Is that what they call them? Yeah, yeah. The two of those. That was awesome. The X. Um, yeah, and then, like, first off, oh, man, dropping the assassin into the Rancor pit, I was like, <laughs> I was like, what, what? Like, this is really silly. Like, where are they going to go with this? And then the guy immediately panicking, and then they'd be like, stupid. There's no Rancor in there. <laughs> well, it's great because I was sitting there, like, when they like, threatened him, I was like, that Rancor died, like, six years ago. Yeah. Then on the other side, I was like, you know what though? <coughs> Excuse me. How reliable would the news really be? Because basically everyone died with the Jabba barge incident. Like Bib Fortuna survived, and like I'm sure there's a henchman or two that survived. But like, who's gonna be spreading the word of? Oh no, Jabba's Rancor died. Like I guess it kind of probably would have been lost to the sands of time. Like I guess it. Yeah. Makes sense that he wouldn't know. Yeah, that's fair. I uh, now that you pointed out to me that the droid is Matt Berry. I'm just waiting for him to go full Laszlo. No, just like full Laszlo. Like I'm just yeah. anticipating like a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It was me, Jabba, Bib Fortuna, a couple of the good time boys. We dropped into the Rancor pit. We had ourselves a few shots of Jabba juice. And, <laughs> like, and, while, <laughs> and while he's saying it, it's all like the old timey like artwork <laughs> behind <Yeah>. it. Like. <laughs> oh man, that... It, his voice is so funny to me. It's so iconic now. Yes. I really want to see... Maybe you can find it for me on Plex, because it doesn't exist on any streaming. I really want to watch his show, Toast of London. Okay. It's what he was in before What We Do in the Shadows. It's a British show. It's on the, the Channel 4 or something like that. Channel 4. Not, it's not BBC. I think it's Channel 4. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can... Uh... I just heard that I think I don't know if he's coming back for if it's a mini series or if it's a movie, but he's doing a new thing. There was a trailer that came out. I didn't watch it, but I kind of want to see that show because I've heard it's very funny and he's the lead. I mean, so I'm on board. Let's see. I think I may have found it. Let's see if we can what our search results look like. Oh, yeah. Um, It'll be there when the episode's over. (laughs) Awesome. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see more of where this contemporary storyline is going, sure. but I can understand if we do a lot of flashback this episode, maybe they scale back the flashback in the next episode, because it feels like they're kind of getting closer to that storyline being over anyway, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was so cool, though. Like, I lo- like it was really deep. It felt like a full movie. No, it was really good. It's just like, I guess I kind of assumed that they would kind of split that out into more episodes. Cause I, it, it does feel like that story is almost over like another yeah. episode or two. Maybe it won't be, maybe there's more that they could tell, but it kind of felt like that arc 
yeah, is I do wonder like what, what else because like for, I we I would assume like from here we start to drift into his appearance on the Mandalorian, right? Like we're getting or like getting closer to him finding Fennec and then him tracking down the Mandalorian, right? right. To get the armor back and then we're oh, I guess that could be the other the other aspect of it, right? Yeah, is is the tracking of like really filling in the gaps, the holes within that within the Mandalorian. Yeah, that could be cool. Um, the I love the like this cool like relationship building thing with the Tusken Raiders, and like <clears throat> first he's like frustrated, but then he's like trying to learn their ways and like trying to learn the fighting and the mechanics. Um, I thought it was really cool that like there's this whole like deep rich history behind like their weapon, and they have to go on like a they have to like lick a toad and go on a vision quest and get mm-hmm. a branch. <laughs> no, they have to snort a lizard. In, in Tatooine, toad lick you. <laughs> that was... I think I swallowed it. I'm uh, sorry, I think I buggers. swallowed your lizard. <laughs> yeah. As if they didn't see that you swallowed the lizard. And like, okay, maybe on the front end, you didn't realize that they did it intentionally. But like, as if they didn't see it jump straight down your throat. I I just loved. Oh, you got me a gift. Why? And they open it up. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. Hits my Liz in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I think he did a decent job of salvaging like some grace in that of like thank you. I'm very honored by this lizard. Yeah. Whereas like me, I'm like the fuck. Do I want it with your lizard, dude? Right. Like I, I don't I don't want your lizard. Yeah. What do I do with a lizard? You keep your How about a gun yourself. How about, a, how about a gun? But, yeah. <laughs> how about some fucking armor? How about, you know, I don't know, anything. Some water? I'll take one of those melons as, as payment. I was... Oh, I am glad that they mentioned that they were melons. Yes. Because I was very confused about them in the first episode. I was still curious, like, about that one end of their weapon. The round decorative end with the, like, the circle spike. and the spike on it. And, like, yeah. its use. Or is it, like, is it weight? Is there weight in it? To help, like, because it's heavy, maybe? I mean, it definitely seems weighted. I think you could use it as a club or to, like, spike something. Or to, like, swing the other thing around faster, maybe? Yeah, there's definitely a hooking, mm. like, trapping type of thing. There's a great scene when they're on the train, and the Tusken Raider pops out in the door, and the, the two mm. enemies are behind him on either side, and they're just like, oh, yeah, it's on now. <laughs> it's so good. That one badass Tusken Raider is really cool, though. Yeah, I, I kind of want I want to know more about them. Yeah, um, were those pikes? Is that what they were? Hmm? The the guys running the train those those are the pikes, right? I have no idea. What is that? It's one of the crime syndicates in Star Wars. It's like you know, was it Crimson Dawn or whatever was the one from mm-hmm. Solo, a Star Wars story? The pikes, I think, is one of the other really big ones. Okay. Then there's Conja Club, and uh, <laughs> what was the other group? I don't remember what the other group's name was. That was a, I, I don't know why I always remember that, you know, I don't owe money to Conja Club. Tell that to Conja Club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, when they have all the people off the train, <laughs> it's like, are you, do you have sp- spice on this train? Well, what does it look like? And they drop one of the chests like that. There was a lot of Dune parallels in here. One was, spice. if you just, if you replace the train with a worm, the way that they hooked it and got on top of it, very deep. Yep. And then, of course, the Dune Sea. The Dune Sea. The spice actually looks the same. The importance of water. Sure. Sure. Well, maybe not. Because um, in Dune, they wouldn't have like broken off the edge of that hose. 
I did feel I it definitely the the Dune stuff has infiltrated my psyche because I was like, as soon as it did, I was like, that is so fucking wasteful. Yeah, there's a better way to do this. Oh man, I am curious what um, yeah, I'm I'm thinking like now back like okay, so we got the huts now that are clearly a threat, and like how we're gonna resolve this issue. But I wanted so much more about that story, but I guess we'll just have to wait for more Which, episodes. The hot story? I mean, that's yeah. not the last we see of them. Well, of course not, yeah. So that'll be interesting. Um, I liked how <laughs> that one, he, he's like bonded with that one child, Tuscan Raider. I'm very curious about the Tuscan Raider and like, what what's going on with their face? Like, is that a mask? It's got it's metal ver- on it. It's their version of the still suit. Mm. It recycles their water. Yeah. Their melon I mean, it's got to be something like that, whether it be for breathing or to trap exhalation or whatever, because yeah, I it's a mask. It's like not like their actual though. face. Yeah, I've always wondered about that, too. And like, what is their language exactly? Is it possible for a non-reader to reproduce? Is there something mm. in their mask that makes that sound? And if they took it off, they would sound like a regular language, even if it wasn't like what we know of as English in their language. Like, it could be some right. other alien language. Basic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very curious. What were those, um, the, the race that had the, the, uh, the speeders that Boba took? I have no idea. His face was, first off, <coughs> this is actually, I'm kind of curious if this was a thing um, that is true for him as well. Tom Holland talked about being Spider-Man and being in the mask. And like overemphasizing everything that he does because you can't see his face. And it's like so underneath it, his face is ridiculous. And I'm wondering if like the same thing was going on for Boba Fett when he was in that fight scene. Because his face is doing some wacky things. <laughs> um, he makes some odd faces in this. But then when he gives him the gifts, I'm like, dude, you're crazy. Like, are you on spice? Because he's like, he's like, yes, take the bikes. Yes. <laughs> Did you had to ride them. <laughs> No, it was more, uh, I'm thinking it's it's Gollum in the Two Towers when he brings him the fish. Yeah. Or the, the rabbits, sorry, the rabbits, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, yes, it's good to eat, as he's good. like breaking yeah. its neck. And it's <laughs> like, okay, calm the fuck down, first of all, Gollum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I've got no gauge on where we're headed, but I'm excited. How many episodes? How many episodes is this? I, I don't know. feel like I saw, is this short? Oh, I hope not. Let me see if I can find out for us real quick. Um, that's the Mandalorian song that gets stuck in my head all the time. Yes. I'm seven? Yeah. Looks like seven. Okay. All right. That's fine. I mean, I would take more. Absolutely. Cool, man. Any other thoughts on Boba for this Boba's feature fit? No, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm good. I'm. I'm definitely excited to see where it goes. Me too. All right. Can I get a Tuscan Raider battle cry? No, I did it last week. I think uh, it was. It's gonna be tough for me to replicate. Try again. I can't do it. I'm losing my voice as we as we go. Mine's not in the best seat. I'll practice and we'll do it next week. Can you do the voice of the alien mayor? No, definitely. Not. <laughs> I, I, I think it's. I can't even remember what it sounded like. Really. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, see you next week for our third Bobus feature film.